Hi Tempencers. This podcast episode will be dedicated to my mum, Marina Marlin, who sadly died just after we recorded the last episode. She will be missed. Hello and welcome to the Tempence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marlin, a.k.a. Vertvik. And I am Sean Holly, a.k.a. Sean Holly. That's S-H-A-U-N space h-o-l-l-e-y you forgot to put in brackets in your face in the middle of it it's not in your face this time oh where is it it's nearly it's nearly i'm talking about the scores i'm talking about the scores oh okay we had a bit of a a, a twitter battle off me and mr Mr. rygar what a ding dong with rygar yeah it's great great fun okay i have not had any dongs or dings lately good Don't have to take that. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll 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 lead with the what being up to, shall I? Go on then. Certain people know what's going on. Right, the message before we started this podcast has probably alerted everyone as to why we we're a week late last podcast. Uh, I was up in Montrose, uh, north of where I live in Scotland, helping look after my mum. Uh, my brother was already there with her. Uh, she died on the eighth of November peacefully in her sleep. Uh, I know just before we went up there that this was going to be the end sooner rather than later uh, and I'm still grateful for the 12 years we had with her after her cancer removal operation uh, she had this on my wedding day 12, 12 years ago in October um, the funeral was on the 24th of November uh, and it was I was dreading it because it was obviously final goodbyes and everything but it was actually really really pleasant uh, I had some lovely time with my brother there and met loads of relatives in for 25 years. It was really nice. You know, I love all my Scottish relatives. I think they're really, really good. Um, I've always liked them ever since I was a kid. I just never really saw them because we're so far apart, you know, being down in England and south of England and stuff for most of my, my yeah. days. Uh, and the next day on the Friday, 25th, I was in a car crash. Mm. That was fun. Uh, it's probably wrote my wife's car off as well. Um, we were cut up by another driver on the motorway. And uh, they did it again on purpose from what I saw. And when my wife put the, she was driving in her electric car, when she put the brakes on to miss this person in front of us, because we would have got and blamed for that, um, obviously the truck behind us is going at the same speed as us, hit us from behind, a massive truck. I'm still sore from whiplash, head, back, neck. Uh, wife suffered a bit less um, because she's probably a bit short, she's shorter than me and probably lower down in the seat. Um, and obviously, that Friday, the 25th, I was supposed to drive up to or down to see my chum, Sean Holly, over there. Hello. And stay over so we can get an early start to go to the lovely Arcade Archive meetup in Stroud in Gloucestershire. Uh, this was ruined for me, as there was absolutely no way I could drive three hours to Blackburn. I think I might have even been concussed, because my eyes went funny when we got back. A few hours later, when we got back, when everything settled, um, my eyes went funny for a while. It was like I was having a migraine. So there was no way I was going to, A, leave my wife because she was still, you know, worried and everything. I felt awful. And it was just, there's just no way I was getting in a car for another three hours after that lot. So mm. as I was denied from going, I'm really, really bitter about this. Obviously, all the other events have been going on lately as well. Tell us all about what happened there, Mr. Holly, because I'm sure you had a fantastic time. I did. You were sadly missed, mate. You were sadly Thank missed. You. We went to. I went to the Arcade Archive uh, opening evening. Well, it was a UK VAC opening sort of exclusive like meeting. Like a soft launch kind of thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like a soft launch. Sort of a, sort of a, a test, actually, for the game. Super soft launch. Yeah. How soft yes. was it? 
it was it, well actually it's quite pointy and like controlling Ooh. and and like buttony. bright and buttony buttony mm. yeah so yeah it's lovely I, I, I drove down on the saturday morning yeah i had a full day there it's, it's a brilliant little place and the actual cave upstairs the oh, actual, yeah is, is, is a great little place. There's like a, a, a fake WH Smith shop you can actually go in. Yeah, that looks awesome. I've seen this before on the YouTube videos and everything. And I was watching, I think I was watching some YouTube, just a very, one of your shorts maybe. And I, was, mm. I saw how big uh, Alex's place is, the Arcade Archive. It's quite a big place, isn't it? And there's some it's fantastic fit. cabinets in there, some quite yes, rare it, ones as it, well. Yeah, it's great. It's a great little vibe. There's little signs above each cab you know a little bit of history mr nice. mr arcade blogger did them oh and that lad can write can't he he can he's in a blog mm. the clues in the name i suppose yeah arcade blogger yeah tony temple and yeah lo- loads of people great night fantastic gaming just just really enjoyed it great games great two players of retro russ who was, it was schooling me schooling you on rescue because i've got crap on it again i'm still it's very very twitchy I'm, how, it, how it is, good is he at, at rescue because i'm not bad at rescue i'm not quite as good as is, alex at it he is pretty good he's got it he's got a twin stick cab yeah so have i so i'm looking can, at it right now so he can play it on that and yeah, he's got a decent an okay score i think he's got over 100,000 i think yeah over 100 is good and i was playing berserk with harry bolt nice oh, i haven't seen harry for ages Oh, there's so many people I was really looking forward to seeing, and especially with the events that have happened lately, and me just generally being down anyway, but, you know, all the stuff with my mum and everything. I really, really wanted to go to this, because there's so many of my good friends I was going to see and haven't seen for ages. Like, the day before, I was talking to Smarty Martin, a friend of ours, Mm. and he he had a monitor for me for one of my cabs that I'm fixing up. Uh, We'll talk about that later. And I had to phone him and say, you know, after the accident, like not an hour after the accident, say, look, I just, I won't be able to make it, mate. And he said, oh, no, don't worry. We, we, we talked it through. We had like a, a video call looking at the monitor and everything. It's exactly what I needed and everything. But yeah, so many people I haven't seen for ages were going to be there. And it would have been nice seeing you for the evening as well and that sort of stuff. You know, it would have been lovely, but there was just no way. You know, you know, when you, certain things happen, you're just like, no, this isn't going to happen. No chance. <laughs> I've just had a thought. What's that? The monitor mm-hmm. I got. Yes. Off of uh, Smarty Martin, was it? Yes. It was, it was wasn't it? You and, kindly picked it up for me. Please tell me I've broken it. And the board from Portia is still in the boot. Oh, is <laughs> just, it? And wife's been shopping and she's not said anything. Oh, God. <laughs> I need to take it out. I don't want to get necked, for goodness sake. I don't want to put a bag of onions on there or something. I know. I'm, I better check. I better check with her. Yeah, no, she's probably put put all this stuff in on the back seat and had a moan, but I wasn't there. But all listening. Yeah. So that was very good, very good. And the, yeah, the I'm, area. I'm really looking forward to going up to probably take a. I don't know, take a flight down there or something. I'm not sure the easiest way to get there for me. A flight to Bristol or something. I don't know. I'm not sure which the closest airports are for that, or maybe a train. I don't know. Yeah, it took me four hours with traffic, really. It's mm. about 180 odd miles. Yeah. But the area is really nice. Like when we went down to see Alex's arcade, the, the area is. is the Cotswold, go- isn't it? I think so. Kind of got Gloucestershire Way, Strauss. Yeah. It's a lovely area. The hotel was gorgeous, nice. Wow. <laughs> I think we should uh, what 
go down with wife and explore around that area. It's really good. It's really yeah, good. Yeah. What I'll probably do in the new year is take a weekend off. I'll go down like maybe the night before or the day before or something. Stay over and go there fresh for the next day. Because I really want to support Alex in this as well. As a lot of people are. So it's um it's going to be like a sort of community helping as well, which is really cool. It's one of these things that's sort of unique to the country at the moment, more of an arcade museum and an archive of telling the story of, you know, arcades in the UK as well. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I love got, some of those old cabs. I've got a 26-minute interview with Alex. Nice. Audio interview, and we can put that at the end of the show if you want. We will do indeed. So listen, hang on in, people, and listen to the interview at the end. How, on a scale of one to crazy, how daft is it? I, I started off all right. Yeah, I thought you might. <laughs> and what happened? And Alex, what went Alex, wrong? Said at, Alex said at the end, "You've gone a weird." <laughs> yeah. See, if I, I was, was like, there, I, was I would like, have yeah. been. I would have kept the my hand on the sort of on the sort of normalness, crazy. Hold the crazy down a little bit. Then again, well, I might have just yeah. carried on from you. Dialed it, dialed at the weird, dial at the weird kids. Yes. And also, 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 oh, I don't know if I mentioned, I think I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned this, I had two nights around Darwin. Which is near this? you, isn't it, near Blackburn? Yeah, it's, it's a more vibrant nightlife. Yeah. So I went around with James RGP. Did I mention this last time? Don't, don't know. Think I, did. I think I, I was, we've recorded and I was going out that night with him. Okay. Uh, yeah, just round Darwin, and we had a, we had a good natter and that. And then the week after, I went round with my, my mate. We hadn't seen each other for twenty years. A few years ago, there's so a reason we, for that, Sean. And we meet up every year now, and then COVID stopped it. So, we meet, but yeah, it's it, we did feel old. Put it that way. When when well, there's a reason for that, Sean. You are we, old. Because when when sort of all the like the uh, us old people went home, we were still out, and it, and it fills up with all these like youngsters like partying and that, and we're just like dancing around <laughs> like what are these are two old men still there? There was a few a few sort of older people, but it was. How many letters yeah. have you got from the Queen? None now. We none. mean none. Yeah, but you kept them surely. But yeah, letters from the King now. I suppose yeah, on your birthday, yeah. it'd be like a fourth one, wouldn't it, for you? God, that'd be good, wouldn't it? I'd love to be immortal, me. Well, maybe you are. <sighs> anyway, as soon as I missed out on the Saturday arcade archive uh, shenanigans and fantasticness, the Glasgow gaming market was on on the same day. I knew about this already. Obviously, couldn't go because I was planning on going to arcade archive. So I thought, sod it, I'll pay me four quid. And I'll just, cause it's a mile down the road. It's very close to me. It's in Bella oh, Houston very- Park, but with it in the. Um, the little leisure centre there. And I went down there and to try and cheer myself up with some retail therapy. I did buy some things, but it hardly cheered me up. Um, Do yeah. you get any Famicom carts? You need some more Famicom carts. We cards. will be talking about those in the pickups later on. Oh, good, good. Also, what else? the other thing I was doing, to take my brother's mind off what happened as well, because he was obviously looking after my mum for a while, and he's, he's staying on at the house, sorting everything out there, because there's lots of admin and stuff to do and wheels and all that sort of nonsense we've got to sort of deal with. And he's doing a fantastic job of that because um, it's about two and a bit hours away from me. So I can't really zip up there every now and again to do it, you know, infrequently really, especially coming towards Christmas now as well. But um, after that, 
he, he hadn't, we couldn't do anything else. We had to wait for the funeral arrangements to sort of you know, process themselves through and everything and arrange a date and everything. So we had him back to the house because he hasn't been up here yet because you know, he lives down in, in, in Weymouth in Dorset. And um, it's the first time he's been up to Scotland for a long time as well, I think. But um, he came to the house and everything and he kindly helped or rather insisted that we in, we humped all my arcade machines up to their new home upstairs in the room mm-hmm. I'm in now, which is the um, the biggest bedroom because it's far too big for a bedroom. It's massive. It's, it's a wasted room. So we've gone in the back room. It's a bit quieter as well. It's off the main street. And after the rewiring was done, yeah, this was also going on when my mum was dying. More stress. Thanks for that. The whole house had been rewired. So there's lots of like chased up walls and bits of you know, raw plaster and stuff and new bits and bobs and decommissioned wiring and wires hanging out and stuff like that. All safe and everything, but it's just, it's a bit of a mess. It obviously needs work doing to it now as we wait for a bit for that. So I did say to him, you know, I won't be able to get these things upstairs. He said, oh, I'll, I'll help you, I'll help you, because he's really good with that. He loves doing stuff. He's always busy. He always likes being busy. So we um, we humped them all upstairs, hurt my knee on the, in the process doing it. But the nerd room is looking pretty good. If I tell you what's in here now, there is... One, two, three. There's four of the five little cabaret ISIS cabs up here. The only one missing is Mr. Driller because he needs some routing work done on it, and that's going to be quite messy. So I'm going to do that downstairs in the old dining room, which is now empty for a while. Uh, the little asteroids, the little phoenix, the little space invaders, the homemade cab that looks like um, a Dig Dug cabaret. That's brought up as well. I need to finish that off. The cocktail Nintendo is up here as well. All three of the wall mounts are up here, but no ponies yet. Or the Dig Dug. The Dig Dug's probably going to stay downstairs because I might sell Dig Dug. I'm thinking about selling the Dig Dug. So all that's upstairs now. And I've been, I was slowly going through fixing them up and making sure they all work because when I, when I turned on, which one was it? Ah, the asteroids. When I turned that one on, there's no screen, no picture on the monitor. I was like, oh, for God's sake, what's happened here? So I took the monitor out and everything because you can you you take it out the front of the cab on that you you pull the uh, control panel and you pull it out the front you just take the wires up pull out the front and it was a really easy fix it was just one of the the glass fuses a one amp fuse that had gone maybe when we were pumping it upstairs you just bumped it and broke the tiny thin filament in the fuse right. so that went replaced that back on back to normal again perfect all the other cabs I think the Space Invaders the sound was really loud. I tried to turn it down a bit, so maybe that, that got knocked on the move as well. All of the cubs, fine. Absolutely fine. And that Bosconian PCB you said about from Portu, you kindly fixed it for me, is going to go back in that cab very soon because that's got a pie in there at the moment just playing another game. So that's nice having all this stuff upstairs. Um, so this place in the room I'm in at the moment still needs a, a ton of tidy and decoration, etc. It's all in good time or when I can be asked, basically. I need sort of energy and mental energy. Hopefully over Christmas I might get some time to do a bit in here. I've, I've got some ideas of the decor and some lighting to put in here, but it needs new curtains, new carpets, all that sort of stuff, you know, to make it really nice. Mm. Um, the space, it's also given me, now we've moved things up here, it's given me a little bit of a kick to start on the restoration of the Nintendo Space Viewer cocktail. This will be the third one I've ever had. I've had two before and sold yeah. them stupidly because I didn't play it, but I've realised I missed playing it. I love that game. Uh, I've had this for years, actually. I've had it about two or three years. Uh, and I've got an excellent multi-PCB, which Mr. Phil Murray did, that plays Space Fever, 
especially a high split and space launch all from the same PCB. You can play all the games with ROM swap anyway, but he's combined into a little little circuit board. You can play that and have all the different sounds on it as well, so it's all perfect. And it's got high score save and free play options as well, which you don't get on the normal one. So, so far, I've added an AC power step down to it and a switcher to the cab, as the originals were both missing. The cab now powers up and plays, but it's got horizontal collapse on the monitor. Uh, and I think this is from ages ago when I originally had the monitor. I think it was always collapsed since I've had that monitor. I've bought a replacement, Sanya monitor, thanks to Martin again, uh, and you for keeping it in your safe hands, as long as you've not dropped onions on it. <laughs> the boot. I have also bought a replacement transistor, which I think is the culprit for the collapse on the broken one. So hopefully I can fix this and use this as a spare or in another cab maybe. Uh, when I get the cab all operational, I'll work on the pretty bits then. I'll you know get it painted, powder coat painted, get the top done, get new glass for it, new control panels, all that sort of stuff. But I still need to find a complete two-player control panel. So if anyone's got a control panel lurking around for a space fever, I would love to buy it off you. Or I might just make a blanking paint for it and push the cab against the wall and just have it as a single or a dual player, but at the same controls. Because you can do that right. with Phil's um, with Phil's multi as well. It's got the the setup for cocktail where it swaps it swaps the monitor around, you know, swaps the picture around, or you can play it from the same side of the monitor like an upright cab. So that's pretty cool. And I also went to see the Cure yesterday at oh, the yeah. at the se no at the Hydro, which is a big event place in Glasgow, and they were awesome as usual. They never disappoint the Cure. Played for nearly three hours. Two and three quarter cure, hours they play cure for. for. Cure for what? Oh, they cure for everything, Sean. <laughs> yeah, they're really, really, really good. It's amazing what a bunch of 60-year-olds can do on stage, isn't it? Oh, is that what they... Yeah, well, they yeah. will be, won't they? Yeah, 60. Yeah, I, think, I think Robert Smith's 62 now. Still absolutely brilliant. Really good. And they played a load of new songs. He's been doing a lot of new songs for like over 10 years now. And there's rumours there's going to be two albums released at the same time. And we heard some of the new songs. We must play about five of the new songs. All really, really good. Really, really looking forward to hearing, hearing the new album. Albums, maybe. Nice. It's very good. What have we been playing? So for me, uh, right, I've got to explain this one. I've been playing Dr. Mario on the NES Mini. Yes. You know the NES Classic Mini that came out a little while ago, the little tiny one? Mm. Well, obviously, yeah. I hacked it and put loads of ROMs on it. Well, what I did is when my brother was actually with my mum, and my mum was quite poorly, like in the evenings when he sort of settled her down and you know fed her and got a sort of settled for the night, he didn't really have a lot to do. He was doing some of his work that he does. He can sort of work from home on a, on, a, on a tablet, and he was doing a bit of that. But I said to I said to him because we were up in the loft looking for something because he, he had loads of stuff in my mum's loft, and we was looking up there. And he said, oh, "I think I've got some Nesses up there. Should we go and look for them?" I said, yeah, yeah, let's go and look for them. Like treasure. It was like yeah. sort of looking for stuff. And he was really enjoying himself looking for stuff. He found loads of my old dad's records and hi-fi stuff and some stuff of his, VHS and all this lot. Because he's more of a collector than I am, old stuff like that. And he was sure he had two Nesses around. I said, let's find them, let's find, let's find them. And we couldn't find them. And he said, oh, they might be in this cupboard in here. And then I went back and went back up there again. I said, I've got you something. And I brought the Nest Mini up with me. He said, oh, this is really cool. And I plugged it into the TV and got it all playing for him with a little controller. And he was like a nine-year-old again because I bought him his first Nest. Because when, when I was when I was early working, I said, well, I'm going to get you this for your birthday. And he got him for his birthday when he's like nine. Because I was like, I'm 10 years older than him. So I was obviously working. He might have been 10 even. But he was like playing like a 10-year-old again. He was playing the games. We, we got settled on um, Dr. Mario. 
and he, mm. I think he got a score. And then when we went up there later on, uh, we were waiting for something. This is, I think it was after the funeral. And Tori said, oh, give us a go. But I haven't played it since, you know, when we did it on the podcast because she did really well. And also my, my eldest son's wife, Sarah, I think she won the challenge. She did really well on it. She's really good at it. And Tori doubled his score on the first go. He was like, <laughs> I mean, he actually saved the score because on that thing, you can save states on it to give him something to, right, to go yeah. for. But yeah, he was really enjoying it. He was playing lots of games in there, but I think he was saying, he remembered some that he had years ago, like turtles and stuff. Cause he was obviously really, he was the right age for turtles and that sort of stuff. Mm. I think we used to play Gaunt that we completely Zelda together back years ago. It was a lot of fun, that was. So uh, hopefully I've got him into, into Ness again, because I think he has got a Ness of his own back in his house. But I know he's got a master system, because I got it for him years ago, a box one. And he's got the master system, he kept hold of that, and I think he's he's got a Ness as well. So yeah, Where he's does he live? That. He's in Weymouth. Ooh, a bit of a track up. Oh, God, him, yeah, yeah. He's in the state for here for a while now, I think. I've got a, a pink drink here. I was looking at that. What is it? Grapefruit? It's, no, it's like, I don't know, turnip and coriander or something. I don't know. Pink thing. What? Turnip and coriander? No, it'd be disgusting. Coriander tastes like soap. It's horrible. Mm. It's probably turnip and cherry. I don't know. Something like that. It's pink. Whatever it is. Whatever pink stuff made out of. Another one I've been playing lately is Donut Dodo. Remember Donut Dodo? Yeah. Well, everyone's been going mad on Twitter about it. And I'm like, hold on a minute. I told you about this like four months ago when it came out. I've been I've been raving about it all the time. I bought it on Steam ages ago. I was going to put it in a cab and all sorts of stuff. I'm telling them how good it is. And then everyone said, oh, you should play this on the Switch. Like, I have been playing it on Steam. What's wrong with you? So I already own it on Steam. It was about four quid. And it's worth buying again to help out the devs who did it because they really, really deserve some fame for this because it's an absolutely brilliant game. And I bought it on the Switch as well. So I got it on the Switch and on Steam. Guess who's number one on Steam? Oh, is it Mr. Charlie Fowler, 350,000-odd? Yeah. I, it, couldn't, I, couldn't, I can't even quite get half that. I think I can get 140-odd. Yeah, he's, he, he was getting closer and closer to this guy, and he's, he's kindly just just got above him. But wow. Did you know, it, well, I'm going to do it in the arcade news, but there's going to be a donut. We will talk about that later. All right. Yeah, All I do. Right. I do know about it now, and I read our notes. Mm. Uh, I've been playing. Uh, what's the other? There's a game called Tachyon something or other on the Switch. It's because when I was playing the Switch, I, I was I was just killing some time one day, and I went, "Oh, I'll, I'll play the Switch one." I went, "Oh, I wonder if there's any good twin stick shooter. I wonder if you can get um, Everyday Shooter on the Switch because that was a game I played on the PS3, or some Vita. It's a really simple twin stick game." But it's quite unique because the graphics are all just like little rectangles and triangles and circles. It's it's really, really basic looking. It almost looks like it's made out of ASCII characters. But oh, then wow. when you shoot stuff, you get you get um, these like chains. You can chain the, the, the explosions up. And the, the noises it makes when it hits the enemies creates the sound. So the music is all made randomly. So as, as you shoot stuff, it makes the sounds, it makes the music, and it generates the music. So it's, the music's never the same twice. It's really oh, clever. It's, it's a really gorgeous little game. And I bought my PS3 just to play that on it. That and I think uh, one of the Geometry Wars games, I think. But yeah, that is absolutely... Everyday Shooter, I think you can only get it on PS3 
You might be able to get it on Steam. I know you can get it on Vita. But it's worthwhile getting if you've got one of those consoles. It's really good. I think you can still get it. It's absolutely brilliant. It's quite quite tough as well, some of the games. But this Tachyon game, Tachyon Shift is, or something, I can't remember what it's called Is that anything now. to do with like blue, blue tack, where you tack it on, or little little tacks where you tack them into the wall onto a notice board maybe? That'd be quite interesting. You could have like three different levels of that. You, Sean, you, you've shut You've got up. to get... Shut <laughs> No, it's tacky on... I can't remember the name of it now. Anyway, it's on Switch. I was looking for a twin Switch shooter, and I remembered I've actually got this. I bought it ages. It's only a cheap indie game. And it's actually really good. It's not quite as good as Geometry Wars 2, but it has a really good stab at being just like it. And I like that. If games are like Geometry Wars 2, that's a good thing. So yeah, mm. I've also put in my list here, updated bit kick, question mark. Do you know the bit kit? Yeah, we looked at it when I, yeah, when I was up yeah, there. The yeah. big kit is by Crafty Mech, the same person who did the um, the monitor test pattern generator, TPG, test pattern generator. And it's a really good little kit. It's a little FPGA. It plays lots of old Scramble, Galaxian hardware kind of games, that sort of era. And they've updated it. They've done a bit kit too now. I'm not sure what, what differences with bit kit too. I think it might be able to hold more games because this one can hold like 32 or something. And Mr. Singletary, has sent me the ROMs for it, the updated ROMs for it, so I can put... Because mine weren't all quite working right. Certain ones wouldn't work with other ones. So he sent yeah. me ones he knows work. So I, I need to get on and do it. I was going to do that last weekend. I completely forgot to do it. Um, so that's about me. I've been playing other games on the on the Famicom, which we'll get onto in the, in the pickups, but they are arcade games as well, but on the Famicom. What have you been up to? What have you been playing? I've I've been playing a lot of our featured game just in the last few days, which I'm really enjoying. But also, I was having a two-player game with Tronads on 1942 at the Arcade Archive, and I was rubbish. The first game, I was rubbish. Mm. The second game, I was getting back into it, and I got about 600,000. That is a big score. But I realised, right, that I think my reactions are going a bit. Oh, really? I, th- I think I'm doing more off of memory. Yeah, sure. I think What? Didn't see that Ow. one, did you? I should have blocked that with a Krav Maga block. Yeah, but, crap magic. Yeah, so what I'm doing, what I think I'm doing is I'm picking games, uh, I mean, vertical shooter games, you know, yeah. with the test your reaction. So I've been playing Batsugun. Batsugun. Viper Phase 1. I love that game. I still play it, Viper Phase is 1. That very, is that like a riding game? It's a, a ride and spin-off, yeah, yes, but it's got, so, yeah. got very little to do with it because it's mm-hmm. actually quite good. <laughs> right. uh, 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 and Star Force, I've been playing them oh, games because they've... Star they're, Force is brilliant on everything, isn't it? Yes, decent speed bullets. Mm-hmm. They, they all test your reaction, so I'm going to try. It's good and pure. Yeah, because all three of them are. Bat- Batsugun is just on the edge of bullet hell. It's the, Really, it's seen as the first bullet hell game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, them, I've been playing them three just to try to see if I can, you know, beef up my reactions because they're, they're getting bad. Getting bad. Mm. Not, not brilliant. What you need is before you play them, if you have about four boiled eggs, mm. that will help. I eat a lot of boiled eggs, you know. Well, you need to eat more. They are good for you. Don't, 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 care, what, don't care what people say. They are good for you. Absolutely. Mm. And that is it. Them four games. But what score did Mr. Tronads get on 1942? Can't remember. Did he beat him? 
Did I you grind him into the ground? I didn't on the first go, and then he sort of wandered off and played somebody else. On the second go, I got 600,000. That's good. So I think some somebody got 900. It might have been Oof. Tronads. Might, might have been, I don't know, got 900,000. I think my best is about 350, isn't it? 350, 400? Maybe, yeah. I do like 942. I must play some more of that. I do like it. That is a bit of... Yeah, once you get it, always takes me an hour to get back into the flow of that, especially mm. after playing that 1943, which is garbage. But yeah, the, the three, the trifecta of early Capcom shooters: Volgus, Exodex is 1942. I absolutely think, brilliant. All three of those. I think Volgus 1942. I'm not mad on Exodex. Oh, it's I do right. like Exodexes. You maybe get into command- it, it's brilliant. It's just like Volvus, it's brilliant. It's nice and pure. Maybe Commando, that's that's a push screen shooting at them, isn't it? Yeah, Commando's a bit... Mm, I, I have problems with Commando. I do like it, but I have problems with it. I'm just rubbish at it, I think. That's what it is. Mm. Those stupid trucks run you over. Buggers. Arcade News. We have Arcade News for a change. So... Unfortunately, the Flashback Arcade is closing due to extortionate electric bills. Uh, they reckon they've had electric of 7,000 quid for the quarter we open weekends at £7,000 for 25 days. I'm not sure how they got billed for that. If you're only using it for 25 days, it's not going to be seven grand, is it? I don't know. Anyway, this is, it's, this it's is unfortunate. This is the one I went to in Bradford. Yeah, it's unfortunate. We don't want to see the arcades closing. We want to see them opening, for goodness sake. Uh, they reckon they've got some prepaid parties next week up until Christmas time. So they're going to stay up until Christmas holidays and see how the year goes. Hopefully, they can get a government grant for the electric. I really do hope so, because it's it's a small business, isn't it? And the government yeah. should be helping out small businesses, for goodness sake. Mm. But that, yeah, that just seems decent. wrong, that price for 25 days. I hope they... Uh, They'd queried that and, and moaned about it a lot. It seems such a shame. Mm, it is a lot of money. It is the centre of Bradford, though, so I don't know if it's higher rates or what. But Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it works. I don't know. Uh, I don't maybe know. Maybe it's to do with the business rates. So I don't know. Some good news, talking about arcades. Uh, the Newcastle Four Quarters is opening on 8th of December. That's this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's another one. Is that like 10? That's four or five, maybe, isn't it now? There's three, three in London, one in Bristol, and this one, that's five. They're popping up like wildfire. I love it. This is from their website. It says, Our first bar in the north will be opening in early December on Dean Street, filled with a variety of original arcade machines, classic gaming consoles, and our stunning drinks offer. Four Quarters Newcastle is going to be your new favourite spot. And the next time we do a NERG, we are going to have a look. Another good uh, thing is there's a new arcade gun game our friends Griffin Aerotech. Uh, this is from Christopher Cruz's uh, Facebook page, I think. And he says, Three years of work finally come into our head. House of the Gun Dead launched its first location taste this weekend. I'm beyond proud of what we made and I can't wait to share it with the world. Incredibly grateful to my partners, Phil Golubish and Bradley G. Smith, and the undying support of his families, or all their families. So this is... Um, this really isn't for me. I don't like gun games, but I mean, it looks fantastic. The cabinet's massive. I'm not sure. It I'm is, not sure it? how this works either because it's working. It's a gun game, but it's working on an LCD screen, so they must have special guns because they're normally mm. CRT only, aren't they? Not unless it's using that Sindon light gun. Have you heard of that? Maybe it is. Yeah, I have heard of it. It's really clever, isn't it? How it works, but the, the graphics look exactly like I'd think Griffin Aerotech graphics would be. 
There's a, there's a man there with a big, looks like a big handheld chainsaw come machine gun thing with stand on a big carpet and that. It looks good. The, the, the graphics look fantastic and the cabs look really nice. They're like bright purple and pink, the, the cabs. Huge things. Yeah, you're not going to miss them, are you? You're not going to miss those. But you need a big cab for a gun game, don't you? Yeah, it looks like there's plenty of space there. It looks like it would be a, a very good game. They're not good party together game. with the buttons. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I'd like to see one of those in Arcade Club. That'd be pretty cool. And this next one is a bit of an opinion that... Oh, yeah, I have many of those. Go on. Pearl's, Pearl's put on Twitter, right, that the shoot em up extraordinaire. He said, is it worth it to aim for sex success on emulation? Does it matter? Are successful performances done via emulation or MAME? Worthy of being real, I don't know because he's so—he's the one that sometimes plays with keyboard and wow. gets incredible credible scores on shoot 'em ups. Right, I do have opinions on this. Go on, point out because emulation is so good now. It's even people who've you know world class players can only barely just see certain relevances and certain changes in emulation, like main and stuff. It really should, you know. There, there are separate Mame and arcade hardware tracks for well records, but you could also say that stuff like FPGA, like the Mister and that sort of stuff, and, and the Pocket um, Analog Pocket and things like that, they are so they're a bit close to the emulation because they emulate the hardware, and there's arguments for and against that. But then you'd need another track. I, I believe. If it was me doing it, if I was in charge of the world records for all the things, I'd say, right, you can do it on emulation and you can do it in an arcade setting. But, you know, we, we must have, you know, that's got to be Wolf Mane, for instance, which you can't cheat on. And it shows you all your settings and people can see them and, and, and analyze them. Or obviously you look at the arcade board, you do it videoed and all this sort of stuff. So you can't cheat and all that lot. And then the only reason there should ever be you have to do it at an arcade on arcade hardware in front of, you know, judges and juries and videos and stuff is if someone challenges that, if someone's so close and they say, hold on a minute, that doesn't look right. I don't believe that. Here's my reasoning why. Then get together and, and have a battle against it. But I think, mm. and if you, if you can, if you can set up, you know, sort of the, the video in your house and stuff and you can, prove that you, the ROM you're using to write one, there's no cheats going on, Wolf is, you know, not letting you do save states, all this sort of stuff. You could, I, I'm pretty sure, 99.9% sure, if you were that good at MAME on your own home setup, on your own joystick in front of your screen at home, you can go to an arcade, as long as the, the buttons and the joystick are well, you know, worn and, and you know, in perfect working order, you could get the same scores on an arcade machine as you could at home. Because if you're that good, the size of the screen shouldn't make much difference and the control think, shouldn't make yeah, much difference. So if you're that good, translate. I think you, you would be good. So I, I do believe emulation should be counted. I believe it should. It is in it is on Twin Galaxies. There's different tracks, as they call them. Yeah, but so I mean, they should all be the same, I think, unless there's a particular problem where someone's saying, oh, I don't believe you've done this, or I think you've done that, or there's the problem with the emulation on a certain game then it should be like, okay, if you want the world record, because someone's moaned about it and someone else has confirmed it, we have to get together and do it in an arcade setting. But, mm. you know, if you've got the main world record, would you want the arcade world record? Some people do. Some people get funny about that sort of thing. But I, I believe the emulation is so close now, you wouldn't tell the difference. You know, if, if two world no. record holders 
were in the same room playing on, on emulation on a computer with a decent set of controls, they'll be just as good as they were in the arcade and they'll be just as good against each other if they're competing against each other. There's sometimes something better about playing in the arcade. So I I played Black Tiger a lot here at home with with your fantastic control panel on on my my Murray Mint OK Baby Mm -hmm. and and the great screen and I could 1cc it. But I went to Arcade Club and I played it on an upright on the proper difficulty, level five. Yeah. Which we were, we didn't know, did we? we? Were playing on an easy difficulty, and really? Because that game's hard anyway. Yeah, and we I one cc'd it on that on the proper difficulty. Right. There's something I don't know. There is something about being stood in front of an arcade machine with the controls and the screen. You it's just, a different you, setting, yeah. But I think yeah, if, maybe, if you're maybe that you're tuned your game into a, a game, bit. if you're that tuned into a game, it shouldn't make any difference because lots of people practice at home if they haven't got an arcade machine anyway. Yeah. You know, so I don't think there's that much difference nowadays. It is so good nowadays, you know, with the FPGA and even MAME as well. You yeah. know, it's, certain games, maybe like vector games, might be a bit of difficult because the screen is so very, very different. But, you know... Yeah, that'd be hard. It's still very hard to emulate that, isn't it? unless yeah. you've got a vector monitor or Vectrex that you can put the bits in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I do think that... Yeah, they are worthy of being real records. If someone's got a, a world record on a certain thing on main, it's it's so negligible. I don't think the human brain can operate that quickly between if there's like one or two frames of difference, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. I really don't think it's it's that different. But certain certain games do play differently and certain people can who are experts can say, look, I can show you this frame from an arcade machine and the thing does this here and it does it slightly different on this one here. But whether or not that makes a difference to the gameplay, it would vary game by game. But I think the majority of the games, thousands of them, would be just as well doing on main as in the arcade, I reckon. Yeah, I think they should be like like Twin Galaxies do. I think they sh- you should know if it's done on MAME or if it's on the real hardware. Yeah, because if you, if you say, say you went to the Galloping Ghost, right, which we've been to a few times... Above their cabs in the Galloping Ghost, they've got uh, the the world record of the I think five three or five people, the world record holders, and then they have the house high record holders, and usually the same people have done it there or whatever. But if they just had a little icon next to it with an M on it for main, then people could say, "Oh, I can beat I can beat that in the arcade," and it will give them something to go for. But if they've beaten that record and it was just hap- so happened to be on main, who cares? If someone really wants to go for it and they see that in the arcade, they can go for it there and then and try for it or practice and, and make their way towards it. Mm. But I think I think it's very valid. A, a main record is, is as valid as an arcade one, I reckon. Yes. But obviously you've got... It's difficult because you've got things like screens. You might have certain controls, like stuff like Missile Command. It's it's It gets very contentious over the kind of trackball you use because the, the cabaret version has got a smaller trackball to the upright one. And it operates mm-hmm. differently, and there's different settings. There was obviously some controversy about that years ago as well. But it doesn't make that much difference, you know. People who are that good at the, the game, like Tony Temple, he could do it on a cabaret or on an upright. He was that good at it. He would just his, his brain would just adapt, and he'd be brilliant at it as he is. So you know, people at that higher standard, I don't think it make any difference to them. I really don't. They they get mm. used to it quickly and just do it. You know, people yeah. who, who are like world record holders on Donkey Kong, when it came out on the Switch, the arcade archives of, on the Switch, before less than a week 
those people were kill screening it on the Switch version because it's just it's just maim on the Switch, isn't it? Yeah, so I, they, I don't so. I don't know what controls they were using, but they weren't using arcade controls. They might have been using an arcade controller box with a four way in it and a one button, but they weren't using the actual clunky old joystick from a, a, a Donkey Kong cab, were they? No. So yeah. they adapted pretty quick. So you know. Hmm. Hmm. This is what I was on about earlier, nearly. Oh yeah. Donut Dodo is actually coming to arcades in 2023. Yes. Cur- courtesy of the Exa Arcadia hardware. Very successful hardware. That. Of course it would be, because that's the new modern new kid on the block, isn't it? It's very Japan-centric at the moment. Yeah. There's a lot of weird shooters and fighters on it. But, but can you can you use that hardware in the UK? It's not it's not attached oh, yeah. to any kind of network like some of the dance rhythm games, is it? No, no. Ah, because I think the Konami ones, are, uh, are they on the Flower Network? And they've got to yeah. be attached to a network, or they've got to be hacked to run in another country or something. I can't remember. Yeah, that's, that's the Flower Network. Yeah, yeah so but you Exa Arcadia doesn't have that, though. No. Oh. So Exa, Exa Arcadia, I, I think it's quite expensive, because it's obviously modern arcade hardware. But you yeah, could get hold of it if you're are, serious about it. The games are expensive, yeah. I, I, think, are, I yeah. wonder if that's the one with the Nudo Dunpachi on. I can't remember. I think it is, you know. It's got Samurai Showdown on it. P40. Oh, we mentioned this. Yeah. Batsagun. Ooh. What, a new Batsagun. Exa label coming in 2023. 2023. I take it Arcade Club have got an Exa Arcadia motherboard. There is one at Leeds. Let me just. I think there is one. Oh, look, he's look. excited now because look. Can't get him off there now. Yeah, I'm going down, I'm going down. He's, he's seen bullets, he's got all excited about it. Cyvaria, Delta AC, oof, oof. oof. Cos- Cosmic Digger, that could be a dig good clone. Ooh, Alien right. Field, I'm just looking for Dodon. Anyway, why you, a- you moan to yourself about that. It is there. Dodon Patchy, True Death, Exalable. Yeah, that's the one I think is in Leeds. Okay. Oof. So I'm excited oof. about this because I love Donut <laughs> Dodo, right? Yeah. Um, and this is the comment I left on the video about it. I think it's on Arcade Heroes, on that, one of our favourite websites, Arcade Heroes. And they had a video of on there, and someone's telling about what's going on in the arcade version. And I wrote this comment on the video. I love this game, but it's a fair comment about the fluid movement on the ladders. I think they should add a retro mode where you can go up and down the ladders at a slower pace and be able to switch directions halfway up. I think this will make an extra gameplay mechanic. The addition of a second player will be brilliant. I also think the artwork is already spot on. It doesn't need redrawing at all. Because what they're doing is they're adding a second player to the game so you can play two players at the same time. All right. But if you've played Donut Dodo, when you go up a ladder, it's not like Donkey Kong where you can go up and stop and come back down. You you just whiz up really quick and whiz down. It's almost like a fluid movement. It's very quick. You can't stop halfway and come back down. So if you're on the way up and something's coming down at you, you're dead. You've lost a life. But it's very quick, and you do get used to it really quickly. But I, I said to them, I think, when I first played it, maybe you should, in a future release, or, you know, a rev release, is add a retro mode. So you can go up and down the ladders at a slower rate, and you can also stop halfway and come back down the ladders. Because when one of the baddies, the toilet, is chasing you, it, it tracks your movements. If you go up, it will try and get up to you, and you just go back down again. It has to come across and go back down the ladder again, or down a hole. So you can sort of, you can keep an eye on and 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 make the, the, the baddies move in a certain way. But on that, you could go up and down. It'd be another gameplay mechanic altogether. 
I would quite like that. And apparently they, they're getting an ex-Capcom artist to redo some of the graphics. But the graphics are spot on. They're absolutely brilliant. They don't need changing. I, this mm. Capcom person might be absolutely fantastic, but the game doesn't need moving. It doesn't need changing until it's absolutely brilliant. They should just get the Steam version or the Switch version, put it in an arcade machine, preferably with a CRT, but I think it's going to go on the modern arcade machines, which have LCDs, and just leave it alone. Add that mode to it with his second player, and possibly the one I said. Brilliant. That'd be just perfect as it is. Two players, and that'd be absolutely brilliant. It'd be a lot of fun. It's a perfect retro arcade game for the arcades, isn't it? Yeah. I also, I was saying to them, I was going to, I'm probably going to theme one of my ISIS cabs, because I've got, there's one that's going to be the Scramble hardware one, and that one there was going to be Donkey Kong or not. I'm going to do that something else. What I might do is do one of the ISIS cabs as a Donut Dodo with the PC Steam version in it. It's with a little 14-inch VGA in there. Because I play the game a lot, and it does deserve to be in a cabinet. I really do think that. And I would obviously put in Annalyn, which is another really good modern retro game it's, it's brilliant it's, it's as good as donut dodo it's that good anna lynn mm. go get it everyone i think you mentioned that yeah. i have and the locomolito games which are, i think i think all the locomolito pc games are free to download they're absolutely brilliant there's some shooters on there there's some puzzle ones there's some platformers they're really really good and i would put those games on there and just have you know a little little uh front end just to sort of play like four games on or something there is an update to this. Uh, this is actually from Pixel Games, the people who made Donut Dodo. I asked them on Twitter if I could use their Donut Dodo artwork to make artwork for a cab, and they said it was fine, as I'm not using it for commercial gain, and it would just be for myself. I now need someone who's good with artwork to vectorize the artwork for me and work out what to do for the control panel overlays, marquee, bezel, and side art, because I want to go to town on this. It'd be a nice little project too, but... It's one of those projects that's in my head at the moment. I don't think I've got enough energy to do anything like that in a minute. But I, I do want to do it, and I've got an idea how to do it, and it'd be really good. Mm. Another last little bit of arcade news. This is quite clever, and it's it it blows my mind. Donkey, yeah. Donkey Kong, the arcade ROM of Donkey Kong, has been ported to the Vectrex, of all things. A vector-screened home console from 1982. You have to have the VEC Fever cartridge, which we've both got, which is it's got extra hardware in it. It's got like um, an ARM chip in it, I think. So the guy who does this is Thomas Santowski, and he is a vector wizard. He's a very, very clever individual. And he made this hardware to go in the Vectrex, and he, he made arcade ROMs work on a Vectrex. They're slightly limited, some of them. He's, he's added little things in and moved things about, and you know, he's got rid of some sound on some of the games because it's too much for it. Like, because Star Wars, the arcade Star Wars, plays on a Vectrex. Mm-hmm, Asteroids yeah. plays on a Vectrex. Battlezone plays on a Vectrex. All perfectly. Absolutely perfect. Obviously in black and white. And also, so he's got Donkey Kong. He's vectorized Donkey Kong, and he's using the arcade ROM, so it plays arcade Donkey Kong on a Vector Monitor. It's insane. It, I haven't played Very it yet. Clever. I need to get hold of it. I need to talk to Thomas and get hold of it. I'm not sure if he's quite finished it yet. Or I have seen the previews. It's, it's just amazing. But on top of that, on another level on top of that brilliance, is some clever so-and-sos on the Vectrex Fans Unite uh, fan page on Facebook have made overlays 
to go in front of the screen for the four different levels. And I know that some people have got LCD overlays that go on there that can actually change the screen, the colours, while the game's running. Gosh. And I think they've done it. I'm not sure. Either they've done it or they're going to do it, where it automatically changes with each with each level. So you, oh, have, like, you actually yeah. have a colour overlay. Like colours where the lab is yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. that. Wow. It is really, just black and white Donkey Kong will do for me, but oh, they're so clever, aren't they? Some people are just insanely talented. I love it. It's the best part of the hobby, I think, all this lot. Homebrew. Homebrew. Which oh, used to be your dad in the garage making this... Brown beer. Potent brown, brown beer. beer. They used to stink the garage out. Yeah. Yeah. Not anymore, kids. Biscuits with you. Biscuits with you. I don't know about you. Biscuits with you. Go on, then. Do your thing. Do your thing. Do your thing. I have found this time, kids. You've rediscovered, because I've seen these before. A special treat for you kids. A festive German one this time. It only comes out around Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's from an exclusive artisan shop in Haitian. And what have I put there, Sean, on the notes? (laughs) Tesco is not an artisan shop. That is is T.S. & Co. T.E.S. & Co. Yeah. The artisan shop. Mini chocolate speculatius, which sounds a bit weird, but it's German-inspired, crisp, delicately spiced biscuits dipped in milk chocolate. It tastes a bit gingerbready to me. Yeah. Or cinnamon, cinnamon and gingerbready. They're very nice. They're there's quite a few in a pack. Mm. I would I would give them about a six and a half out of ten. They're they're not not they're not like your posh ones where you only get six or eight in a pack because there's quite a lot. So, but they're good. Good to nibble on while you're watching telly. Well, these—I don't think they're quite what I think they are. But the Aldi ones, which are a German supermarket, they do. It's like a sponge biscuit. It's not crispy biscuit, and they're covered in chocolate. And they—they've got like ginger spice and not not ginger spice, not her. I won't want her in <laughs> a biscuit. But they've got ginger and spice <laughs> in them, mm. uh, and they—they usually come out of Christmas. They're really nice, but they're quite soft. They're almost like a a jaffa cake. But spicy and with chocolate on. They're really lovely. That's what these things remind me of. Are these slightly crisp? Are they like a biscuit crisp or are they soft? That digestive crisp. Oh, and like that. Yeah. So that's yeah, softer, what I'm thinking. You sure no. you can get your, your gums through them? The, num, num, yeah. num, 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 num. Yeah, like they're quite small. They're about that, about that big viewers. That big? About that big viewers. Did everyone get that? That, that big? Look, look. That big. Hmm, there you go. Do look nice. I'll tell you what, right? Because of everything that's happened to me lately, I said to my lovely wife the other day, because we don't really celebrate Christmas, you know, we're, we're dodgy old goths and, you know, we've, my kids have grown up and everything now. I obviously do stuff for grandkids and things like that. Don't really celebrate. We don't have trees and stuff, even though wife wants to get a tree next year because we've got a big bay window to put one in now, which is fine. And uh, I said to her, this year, we're going to go mad on food for Christmas. She went, oh, no, it's a waste of money. I said, no, we're doing it. <laughs> we're going to get stuff yeah. every week now I've got a little box and I bought I think I bought some Christmas but that's the thing right I almost I almost told her off like a father mm. I bought some biscuits right like a sort of pack of biscuits like five quid biscuits the chocolate ones and I, I put them down and I went away and, that, and I came back in like in the evening and she'd been eating and I went what have you done and she what I went 
they're for Christmas. And she started laughing. I said, no, seriously, I bought them for Christmas. It's the Christmas. She went, what? I went, I can't. And I sort of mock told her off for it. And she saw the funny side. And I said, look, it doesn't matter. Honestly, it doesn't matter. But they actually were for, for Christmas. I'll get another pack. Don't worry about it. We noshed a lot anyway. I helped. I helped. But yeah, oh, we're, we're going to get like, as long as I get a turkey leg for Christmas, because you don't really buy a massive turkey because wife doesn't like it that much. I love turkey. I'd have turkey every day of the week. I absolutely love it. It's really good. We just have chicken. We have them for years. We're yeah, not, but you're not, a boring old northern bloke. Not bad on, not mad on turkey. I can't remember the last time I had it. Oh, I love bit, turkey. Bit, is it like a bit drier though? That's because you're cooking it wrong. Anyone who says turkey's dry, they're cooking it wrong. It's that simple. You need to deep fry it. It's amazing. Deep fried turkey. Right. We've had this conversation before. Go back back about four years and listen to the podcast at Christmas. When I went to see Whitney from Broken Token and Brent from Broken Token uh, in Kentucky, where they live, they had us over for Christmas. It was a bit before Christmas. And he deep fried a turkey in an outdoor burner in full of like, you know, oil and stuff. And it was the best meat I've ever tasted. Seriously. It comes out looking like a gnarled football. It looks, yeah. it looks, you're like, what is that? It looks like a bit of wood. It yeah. carves so succulently. <laughs> Honestly, mate, if you've never had deep fried turkey, you have not lived. You are doing yourself a disservice. Deep fried turkey is amazing. It's so good. I promise you. I promise you. I so I'll probably get myself a turkey leg biscuits. and I will deep fry it. Because I'm in Scotland now as well. They do deep fry quite a lot of stuff. You don't batter it. It's just deep fried. It's not battered or anything like that. It's just deep fried. But now I've just said batter, I could just do a deep fried battered turkey leg right now. <laughs> That'd be really nice. Mm. Mm. Anyway, yeah, turkey, amazing. So we're gonna, I'm going to have my turkey leg. As long as I get my turkey leg, I don't care okay, what we're for dinner. As long as I get my turkey leg, I'm happy. Biscuits, crisps. I might even import some Cheez-Its from America because I love Cheez-Its. I don't care how much they cost. Uh, pigs in blankets, no Brussels sprouts. They're the devil's bogeys. I love them. <sighs> What's wrong with you people? I love Brussels sprouts. You know, all that sort of stuff. All the Christmassy sort of cheesy things I want. You know, cheesy footballs. You know, one thing I really miss, I think I say this every year as well, and I'm going to say it right now, curry twiglets. I don't do Marmite in any form. Right? I don't like Twiglets. Years ago, probably when I was a kid now, I remember now, when I was a teenager, they did curried Twiglets. So like a curried biscuit, like a Twiglet. And it was, I don't think there was anything to do with any Marmite on them. But they were amazing. And then he just never did them again. I've moaned every year since about them. Curried Twiglets. Curried Twiglets. Are amazing. you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Ask anyone who, who remembers them. It wasn't <laughs> in my mind. Anyway. Back on to, uh, to, we'll talk about Christmas stuff next month anyway. Recent pickups. I've spent a lot of money on non-arcade stuff. Well, that's rubbish we don't want to hear. I know, I can't help myself. Uh, We've got some fellas to build us a nice new, I was going to say fridge then, a nice new fence. Were they fellas or geezers? Oh, geezers, two geezers. Surely fellas would fell wood. Not build it. Mm. I always say fellas. Think about it. It's massive. Massive fence. We're going to put this fence in our back garden. It fits nicely. Is it to keep you in or the neighbours out? A bit of both, really. Mm. Yes, and also 
this is a good one, right? Yeah, well, what is a, this? A Roland TR8S rhythm rhythm performer. It is a groove box. If you don't know what a groove box is, is it a box with like lines in it? Grooves. Yeah, it's also a music making device. We don't mostly you don't use a computer screen, so everything's in the in the in the machine. It's a, yeah, what is it? A box with buttons on, basically, and knobs. Yeah. That is it. Can you see that? I can see. I can see you making a lot of noise. Oh yeah, is that an old school thing or is it a new modern one? That's brand new, but it's oh okay. It's that sounds rhythm. cool. It, it's really tactile, and you can do loads of drum beat. I used to do loads of music. Well, and it used to do like I'm going to task you now and banging techno. I'm going to do your task for the next podcast. Yeah, I want you to do like a two minute ditty. I will do. And it's got to have arcade uh, samples in it and stuff. You can put samples in it as well. Can you do that, Sean? Because we're all relying so. on you now. He's looking is, confused, kids. I got it a couple of weeks ago, and it's, it's quite a steep learning curve because it's yeah. not like it's a, a proper... I went all arc right then. It's a proper professional piece of musical equipment, isn't it? It's a roller, it which yeah. obviously make keyboards and synthesizers and stuff. It looks really good. Yeah. I'm very impressed. It looks really the, cool. It's got like versions, analog modeling versions of the old. You, you won't know these, the 808 and 909 drum machines. I do know them because I've got a friend who does circuit bending. 808. He knows all about it. It's Lin drums and all that sort of stuff. 808 kind of was the, was the sound of hip hop because they, they were so cheap to buy. 909 was the sound of techno. Right. And. There's all that modelled in it, and then there's loads more drum machines, and there's loads more sounds, and you can you can do a you hell of a lot. You can pretend it's one of them older machines, I take it. Yeah, and cool. you can do a, a hell of a lot more with it, and I'm just scratching the surface of it. You've heard of the Lindrum, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, Lin products are based mm. in Glasgow, and I make bits for Lin products. It's really, really high-end equipment, and it's very expensive. We're talking 150 grand for a set of speakers. God. Yeah. I didn't know they were still going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very popular. Yeah. Very popular in in the The really high-end musical systems. Lindrum is like people at Howard Jones, uh, Yazoo, probably Depeche Mode. That's sort of like early 80s used Lindrums. But they were really Mm. expensive back then. Nowadays, Mm. they're like, you know, really hard to find antique kind of analog stuff. Really cool looking though. They've got wooden so, cases on them and stuff. I used to love messing with music and stuff, so I'm going to have a, have a do with that and try. Yeah, I and... think you should. That's brilliant. Yeah. So and what cool. else? Oh, I've been I've been going bonkers on spending stuff. Bonkers. I've got a, a Google Pixel Seven, which is the brand new Pixel. Is it pretending to be an iPhone? No, it's 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 far far better. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's top of the. It's really it's not top of the range in price, but it is in features. How many Android times has it crashed phone? so far? It doesn't crash. Oh yeah. The 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 camera is as good as the iPhone, they reckon. Which one? Which well what any of them, the fourteen, whatever. Some of it's not quite so good, the video's not quite so good as the iPhone, but it's it's amazing camera. Uh that it the it's there's no bloat on it. There's no Are you like, sure? Yeah, with with Android, this is stock Android because obviously Google owns Android, so they can yeah. 
so they can put on what they want. It's stock Android. Everything is very simple. It's very powerful. There's loads of intuitive stuff on it. Is that I'm like just you, Sean? Simple and powerful. Oh, yes. There it is, kids. It's it's a black brick with a few buttons on the side. That It looks like every other phone, Sean. I've just had a reminder to send my niece a birthday card. Make sure you well, do that. I did do. I phoned her today. It's her birthday. She's nine. Did you get a one with a turnip on it? No, it's Tracy Beaker, whoever that is. And uh, I remember, you know, I remember Tracy Beaker, a kids' program. No, I know Tracy Turnip. You're going on about turnips again. You're drinking turnips. This podcast is sponsored by the Turnip Marketing Board. <laughs> anyway, sh- never mind all that. So that my, is my pickups lot, are much a more lot interesting. Of money there, a lot of money, but I thought. As I say in Parks and Rec, treat yourself. Treat yourself. I, I've yeah. been trying to do that, but it, it doesn't help, really. Uh, I've got a Game Gear. Ooh. A Game nice. Gear console. A handheld console, sir. i got a faulty one from Forgotten Worlds, which is my sort of local massive video game emporium. We went uh, there, didn't we? Yes. Uh, I, asked, I asked specifically for a broken one, and... The helpful chappy ran upstairs. So I looked after the shop just for two seconds to make sure no one ran out the door with anything expensive. And he found me one, and it said on there, no speaker. I'll have it, whatever. Alan, the, the main guy, can tell me how much it is later on. I'll have it, I'll have it, whatever, because it won't be very expensive. I had no sound, and the DC adapter isn't working on it at the moment. Batteries work on it, but the AC adapter isn't working. I fixed the sound almost straight away. It had been recapped really badly uh, in the past, before Forgotten Worlds ever got hold of it. So when you close the case back up, it was squashing a full-size cap someone used rather than using a low-lying SMD one because they're shorter SMD ones. So I've ordered some caps which came today, so I'll hopefully do that very soon and do it properly. I also got this here, Sean. That is... Biscuits. No, no. it's a brand-new Game Gear case. It's see-through orange. It was about eight quid on, on eBay. I couldn't resist it. It's brand new, never been used. So I'm going to God. put a new case around the thing. The idea was right. I wanted to get a, a broken game gear because usually the the, uh, the sound goes or the, the screens go on them because the screens were never brilliant anyway. But you can recap them and it brings them back to life normally. But I was hoping to get one cheap without a screen on it, you know, without a working screen. Because so what I was going to do is consoleize it. There's two bits of hardware uh, from different people you can get, which um, gives you HDMI or VGA out of the, the console. So you can then plug it into a big screen. And obviously you need the controller. You can use it as a controller or you can, some of these kits actually give you a 3D printed case to put it all in with a joystick port at the front. So you can put like a, a Mega Drive joystick into it or a, a Master System oh. joystick into it and play it with that. So you can play it like a proper consoleized console. So I was going to do that, but with the shipping costs from one of them, I think it comes from Australia it ends up quite expensive. If, you, if you've just paid like five or 10 quid postage, it'd be worthwhile getting. But I think the postage is almost as expensive as the product from Australia. So I said, like, oh, I don't want to do that. So what I might just do is stick with the new orange case and get a modern IPS screen in it and a LiPo battery pack, which will obviously lasts a lot longer. You can charge it with USB-C. So I might just do that. Um, so I guess I'm collecting Game Gear Loose carts now, am I? Am I? Brackets, <laughs> I am. So let's come to my next one, Sean. Ninja Gaiden for the Game Gear. And Fantasy Zone for the Game Gear. 
and Sonic 1 for the Game Gear and Monaco GP for the Game Gear and Pengo for the Game Gear and Wooden Woody Pop for the Game Gear. I've got them for the... You know, you know what else I need now, though, don't you, Sean? Mm-hmm. With these cartridges, so I don't buy the same one again. Give me a spreadsheet. Oh, do you oh, know yeah. what I've got? I've got a retro, Retroid Pocket 2 with all the Game Gear games on, with better screen, better controls, and it just, just loads. You've got the save states, you can change your... <sighs> you emulation idiots. Yeah, far, I, better, look, far better. And the Sonic games are, I think I said last time, the Sonic Game Gear games are really good. But look at this. Open the little clam case. Look, look, look how gorgeous that is. Look at the artwork on that. Look. Oh, I can see it now. Fantasy yeah, Zone. It's all right, it's yeah. It's gorgeous. I might just lick it. <laughs> Love it. Little it tactile things. Like a, like a lollipop. And they're about three to five quid. They're not a lot of money. I don't care about the boxes and the instructions. I just want the, the little case, little cram shell case and the cartridge. It's all I want. So I'm going to stop getting cheapy ones of those now. I'll put some on my Christmas list for wife. So that's good. So yeah, I'm going to get, a, I'll probably get an IPS screen and put a nice, really bright screen in there and better batteries and stuff. Cause the batteries never lasted very long on it. But with the IPS screens, they're obviously lower powered and the IPS and the sort of the LiPo batteries can last a long, long time. Uh, Famicom, right. This is new for me. Famicom boxed games. Mm. Ooh, you've gone up in a world. No, I haven't. These are from oh. the game market in Glasgow at Bella Houston. The only reason I bought the boxed ones is they didn't have them cart only. And there were some games I actually wanted. And because I traded in a bunch of old console stuff I wasn't using and stuff I got like twice to Forgotten Worlds, I, I got quite a lot of um, trading money and I've, I've, I've kept it as in-store credit so that you get more in-store credit than money. So I didn't need the money. I just wanted the credit. So I splurged. I just went, I'll have that, 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 and that, and didn't worry about the price. Just add it up, please, and just add it. So I got, oh, I don't know what I got. I can't, I haven't got my list in front of me now. There's a couple of box ones. One of the good ones was Tetris Flash. That's a really good game. It's a good version of Tetris, slightly newer version of Tetris. There's some other bits and bobs I got as well, which is quite nice. Oh, I got Fantasy Zone 1 boxed version because I had Fantasy Zone 2 already. I've got Fantasy Zone 1. Um, more Famicom Bear Cuts. Uh, I got Popeye and Excitabyte last week because I wanted them for a while. I, I, they're quite common carts. But I just can't get excited about Excitabyte, ironically. Uh, can someone give me some hints how to play the game properly? I know it's a big Nintendo game. And I'm not sure if it's just me not enjoying it properly. I'm not playing it properly, maybe. However, I'm not enjoying much at the moment. So I might have something to do with it as well. But if someone can tell me how to play it properly, it'd be better. Because I know there's some tactics involved and I just can't work it out. Other arcade ports to mention on the Famicom I've got recently is Space Invaders and Chack and Pop. So Chack and Pop is really hard to play. Have you ever played Chack and Plop? Chack and Plop. Chack and Pop. Is it It's an old Taito game prequel to bubble bubble kind of it thing it sort of is this is the game where the, most of the characters from bubble bubble started out the game has got loads of features and characters and, and little gameplay elements in it that appear in bubble 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 is a much better game but this has got a lot of characters it's, it's a weird little game if you haven't played it have a go of it but before you actually play it just watch the the intro of the game showing up because i didn't know how to play it straight away i had to watch the the attract mode and work, but it's quite hard to play but it's quite good 
but difficult, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a good little game, though. Listener feedback. The first feedback, feeding our backs, is from Small Space Arcade, and it says... Good day, gentlemen. Though there are still a few weeks left to the deadline, I've managed to achieve 90,600 on Spin Master. Though I will tr- continue to try and improve the record any better score on Arcade Sidekicks. What a cracking game Spin Master is. Lovely big colourful artwork and a great variety in level design. It reminded me of Tumble Pop visually, and it's been a lot of fun. Even my youngest daughter had a go. Definitely one I will keep playing. Thank you for reading up my email on the last podcast. The wife was amazed you did. <laughs> Keep up the great work and well done to everyone who scored on this one. Regards and all the best. Small Space Arcade. It, we've got Brian Haribo who reckons this is the real Spin Master and it's Father Billy O'Dwyer, a.k.a. the Spin Master and Father Ted. Is it where he's playing... Um, Ghost Town. Ghost Town. Ghost Town. Just, that's, that's the only single they've got and he just keeps playing it over... And over, and it's very good. It's very good, that bit. If you haven't watched Father Ted, perhaps our American listeners don't know anything about Father Ted. It's a very sort of British humour thing. Yeah. But it's it's from the 90s. It's so funny. It's my favourite comedy ever, I think. And I've put here also, (laughs) the clearly, ZX Davis has sent us a message. Uh And I've put the clearly deluded ZX Davis He's talking about 1943 on Twitter. He's put, he's, he's put only the greatest shoot-em-up of all time. No. Because he's missed the score. Well-balanced and innovative with lots of cool secrets, huge bosses, loads of bullets, but no bullet hell and fantastic power-up mechanic. No. Fantastic, but the worst power-up mechanic I have ever it's seen. It's quite bad. Gutted I didn't know about the contest till it was too late. But mind you, it's it's it did get uh, it gets a high... In high regard on sidekicks, so I do not care. I do not, not. I do not agree. I do not believe. I think I said last time. I it, will not believe. It annoys me because it, it is a good game underneath that very annoying power up system. Absolutely. It, if great. he just dropped a power up of a certain type and it you know randomly changed, that'd be much better. Mm. Much better. I hate. I also got another game I got on the Famicom, which I've remembered now is um, Bells and Whistles Three. That's a game I really like, but you've got to fart about shooting the bells to get the different power-ups, and that's really annoying because you get shot to death by everyone else when you're trying to do it. Those kind of games annoy me, and it's like mm. the Sikio games. When the the power-ups just float around the place and you can't get them, that really annoys me. You should just stay still, for God's sake, and obviously just slowly scroll up the screen if you don't want to use it because power-ups should just remain still. That's the best thing. Even in Raiden, they annoy me a bit because they move about a bit on that as well. We're sick here. They stay, they stay at the top of the screen too long, I think. Yeah, it's annoying as heck. So this is one from Adam Flint. Uh, it says, Hi, Victor and Sean. My Spin Master score is... He's given us a score. Uh, as per instructions on the Spin Master ROM on the default settings of four. My quick thoughts on the game. Spin Master is a game I never saw back in the day, probably because it came out in 1993, which would have been the last year in which I played arcade games, being my final year at university. In a student union games room. I enjoy discovering it now. My only gripe would be that the difference between all the various weapons seems to be mostly cosmetic. I would get hold of the shuriken and stick with them. My quick thoughts on my score. Unlike with 1943, where my game progresses soon plateaued, every time I played Spin Master, I progressed a bit deeper into the game and was continuing to do so. However, the deadline is upon me, so I'm submitting my score, having reached what in my head was called the the Crab Castle Battlements. But having quickly consulted Google, it's actually the Great Wall of China. Best wishes, Adam Flat. 
I disagree with the cosmetic things. You, you use the power-ups in different ways. I disagree Oh, with that. okay. Maybe if you anyway, do when you get further in the game, then. Yeah, you can... Yeah, I'll get into that. Friendly shout-outs. Gordon Bell for Steam Codes. He sent us Steam Codes for his co-developed game, Arcade Paradise, which we talked about last show, I think, or maybe the one before that. So thank you, Gordon. I haven't got... I haven't got Windows, that a Windows system that will run it, but I've got the code so I can play it when I have. Okay. Don't know. Uh, I'm going to shout out to Retro Russ. Uh, I think I've already done this at the Arcade Archive meet for, for showing me how to not be crap at rescue. Still crap at rescue. And all the Arcade UK Vackers, video arcade collectors who I met at the Arcade Archive. Lots of southern guys down there, which you don't see a lot. But I have seen a lot. I've seen them a lot over the last few months because I've been travelling down Lucky there. Lucky you. Because I don't work weekends anymore. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Lovely, lovely to see everybody. I would like to shout out to Alex at the Arcade Archive. And I wish him the oh, best yeah. of luck and Me everything too. with that. Everyone who was there who was supposed to flip in meat, uh, especially Porchy, who fixed that, uh, what's going in for me, kindly done that for me. Martin, who saw, sold me that monitor. Ross Ross, who was there the week before, who we missed. And he left another monitor for me, which I forgot to even ask you to pick up for me. So Alex is going to look after it for me. Some black and white one I was going to use for something. Uh, who else? You know who you are. Anyway, I've not been, I've been out of touch lately anyway. So yeah, hopefully get back into it again very soon. Mm-hmm. Homebrew Heroes. This is from when Drisky was on. He gave me about 30 games to go through. So this is one of them. This is a damn near perfect version of Rygar on the Amiga. Thanks to Mr. Drisky for pointing this one out when we did the podcast 174 together. <laughs> it's good. Have you seen it? Well, so, one, it's Rygar, so and two, it's on the Amiga. So no and definitely no. Rygar's a great game. Nah. He's it's a great okay. player as well. It's He's all right. Great it's great. Yeah. I just love I love the atmosphere on Rygar. There's something about it. Such a good, such a good game. It's like a caveman type thing, isn't it? No. Yeah. Is 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 a warrior of justice. Yeah, but there's prehistoric animals and stuff in it. Monsters. Yeah, but they're not they're not yeah. cavemen. It's it's kind of like a Where like does Rygar live? It it lives in Greece. It's Greek mythology. He lives in a cave. And what is and he? A man. Therefore, caveman. <laughs> Rygar lives in a castle. You can't argue with my logic. Logic it, dictates. You can't How argue do you with know it. he lives in a cave? Because I've been around his house. Cave. Have you? Yeah, I said house, didn't I? Damn. Mm. Mm, me and about. As bad as me. Right. I, I still like the fact, even though it's on a stupid Amiga, I like the fact that people are still doing homebrew, and especially arcade games. Well done. This one is very, very close. I think they might have sampled some of the sounds, you know, because they sound the cool. same. Well, it's probably got the same um, Yamaha sound chips in it, I suppose, doesn't it? Could have. Could well have. It's sort of the same era, isn't it? Hmm. Right then, Sean. It's time. I don't want no moaning. I've got a quiz for you. And it mm. isn't the hardest one. It's it's a reasonable one. It's reasonable, right. okay? Okay. Ready for a quiz? Say yes. Sean, mm. question one. 
I've run out of turnip drink, damn. Question one. Was Volgus released on the Famicom? Yes. Early, early Capcom game. Yes? Yes. No, it was not. It should have been, because I love it. Exit Exit is, but isn't. Oh. So, where's my pen gone? Just don't, you don't need a pen, just I give do. me 10 points. I've, just got give me one 10. Of those, I've got one of those four-in-one pens with red, blue, green and black on it, but I've got a pencil, so that's none so far. I don't even write that down, do I? <laughs> Question two. What weapon does the female character in Golden Axe have? Sword. Say it properly for a bonus point. Sword. Two points. What is the full title of Fantasy Zone 2? The Tears of Opa Opa. Yes. Whoa. Three. Well done, son. Question four. What is the best and worst weapon on Ghosts and Goblins? What's the best Ooh, weapon? Is that the lance? Nope. Did you say firing the lance? Nope. And what do you reckon the worst fire? The worst weapon The is? torch. Yes. I'll give you one for that. Best weapon is the dagger. You it's, a, it's a lot quicker than the lance, yeah. Right. Question five. Did the Famicom get a release of Space Harrier? Space Harrier. Sega. Um, Nintendo. Mm. No. Yes, in 1989. Oh, God it also got It also got uh, both games of Fantasy Zone. It got Afterburner. It got Shinobi. Got quite a few. So I've just ruined a load of uh, more questions for the future, haven't I? Well done, Victor. Question six. <laughs> what is the name of the bird on Kicker and Mouser? Squawky. No. Flappy McFlap face. No. <laughs> I don't know. Hate Beak. Oh, Hate Beak. Yes, yeah, that's we called name, it yeah. Hate Beak, didn't we? You can't even remember our own podcast, you moron. That, that's a, yeah, they're, they're all Hate Beaks, all, all birds in Well, you should have known. Hate Why didn't you just say Hate Beak? Then you've got a point. I thought it was a proper name. You silly rabbit. Number seven. What was the last in the Mr. Driller game series called? Mr. Driller G. Nope. Star Trigon. Oh. It's a Mr. Driller game. That, what, that, is that the one button one? Yeah. Oh, I got rid of it because it's rubbish. Uh, question eight. What is the mm. protagonist in Zookeeper called? I have no idea. Uh, it's called Twinklefeet McTavish. No, it's Zeke. <laughs> Zeke the Zookeeper. A summer I've never really got into. Oh, it's a great game. Question nine. Who is Zeke trying to rescue? Is that a name of an animal? or No, Zeke's the Zookeeper. Who is he trying to rescue in the game? I don't know, a, a, a fly? A fly? <laughs> Why would he rescue a fly? He's rescuing <laughs> Zelda. Zelda. When you do the, you know, you do the level around the boxes, and then yeah. there's a later level where you go up to the coconuts at the top. The monkey's throwing a coconut. There's a girl at the top. Zelda. You got to reach reach her at the top. Zelda. I've, I've hardly played it. Well, you need to. Way. It's a great game. Last question. This is for a million points. It is genuinely oh. for a million points. Wow. What weapon does the character Ding Dong wield? This is a game in my mind, by the way. Oh. What weapon does Ding Dong wield? <laughs> that was a million points at stake here, Sean. Is it... If you get it close, I'll let you have 500,000 points. Is it a, a really... 
<laughs> a really sharp calculator. No, it's a oh. magical adjustable spanner. Oh, it can adjust to any size, from a so micron is, to four miles. So that is in your mind, that game? Yeah, you got should... four out of a possible 407. I definitely got more than that. You got four. I didn't know, that's at least six. You got four. I got two on the first one. Why do you always bitch about your score? You got the... four. It's oh, right. it's very poor. Very poor four. Okay. I just I gave you those questions. I gave them to you. And you just brushed them off like biscuit crumbs. Some of them are obscure, like hate peak. That was just a trick question. That what, was. The one we, we used all the time when we did them games. Yeah. You should have said, what name do we give us give birds in the games what use something in your memory sean yeah that's good isn't yes it? hate beaks see i've just got it now roll the music feature game review right what the f is it it's spin master disaster get faster <laughs> it's got miracle world in japan Data East 1993 Neo Geo MVS hardware, also available on the AES. Yes. As most of them were. I think all of them were, weren't they? Mm. Eight-way stick and three buttons, shoot, power attack, jump, and super attack. Mm. So you can do a power attack with a shoot. You just hold the button down and you, and you, oh, you, okay. glow, you glow and then whatever weapon you've got. But you never, I've never used it because you can't stand still enough to charge the power up before some attacks you right yeah i found that and super attack is like a smart bomb and it sounds like this oh i've got some things to say about the sounds Mm. right implausible backstory Mary is always getting kidnapped. Just last Tuesday, it happened again. Mary? <laughs> a Dr. Robotnik wannabe in a white coat has tied her to some heavy-duty balloons and whisked her away to a kitchen where she must bake or bake all his cakes. Not a euphemism. Derek Spinford of Spinny Lane, Spinsville, Arkansas, said he would have a go at rescuing Mary this time as his brother, David Leprosy Sprindizzy... <laughs> is off away trying to save that poor girl from Double Dragon who has also been kidnapped. Ugh. Poor girls mm. being kidnapped. That's around our way. What, by a, a Dr. Robotnik wannabe? Yeah. They get everywhere, don't they? Jumped out of this big flying... look like Egg. big, Big flying bread tray. Landed. Nicked some girl, flew off again, but she quite likes it because they got on well and they she got Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> And they get on really well. They got married, and now there's a sequel with her and him in it. it it's stop, called Stop. How do we play this game? <laughs> How do we play it? Well, it's it's a well put together fight and go right. That's it, really. There's elements of Rygar, Sunset Rise, I think, Metal Slug, Wonder Boy, all in this game. And up the top of the screen, you've got bombs, number of hits out of three. That's you can take three hits before dying. Mm-hmm. Now, I've put here, you know, like the cart and boat rides remind me of Sunset Rider. There's levels where you're in a cart and a boat and you're moving backwards I, and I forwards. I did one of the cart levels, and even though I normally hate that in a game, if, if I'm playing a platform game, I don't want a racing level or a cart level. Mm. I want to be platforming. 
this one wasn't too bad. It was quite easy to do. It was not too bad. I, I, I agree with this one. Yeah, the game is split into stages and scenes. So you complete complete this. There's five overall stages. There's this Mario style thing where you can sort of ground pound, not ground pound, and you can bounce on the heads to kill them, which yeah. is useful. And you can rack ooh, up points. Ooh, ooh. Just reminding me, I got Mickey Mouse Castle Illusion for the Game Gear as well because it's one of the best games ever made. Victor fails to mention that this kind of attack is also in the Mickey game. It's mm. certainly the most best looking game ever made. For the Game Gear, you mean? Uh, for, actually, for the Mega Drive, but I got it for the Game Gear as well. It's almost the same game. But yeah, it's, 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 it just looks and sounds gorgeous. It's just the it, prettiest game ever. It's lovely. Is it the same hardware, Game Gear and Mega Drive? No. No. So, the Game Gear is almost the same as Master System. Sorry, yeah. So, yeah sorry, yeah. I got you. Yeah. But, but uh, Castle of Illusion is just the, the nicest looking game ever made, I reckon. It's gorgeous. I've played one of them recently on my Retroid Pocket oh, 2. it's so lovely. It's a breath of fresh air, that game. It's lovely. These are my notes on this. I like the way you keep a weapon power up forever, or at least until you die, instead of it timing out like a lot of games. Mm-hmm. F off 1943. Yes, I'm still not over that. Mm. Nice fluid action. There's a Rastan style bit where you can jump up and shoot down. You know, Rastan can put his sword through the floor sword. and kill stuff below. Yeah, it's good when you do that. There's Rygar style with a yo-yo in. That's where a spin master thing comes from. There's Metal Slug style where you're shooting diagonal. You can stop and shoot, which is an up, which is really helpful on some of the other levels. Yeah, especially there's the scrolling Wonder- slopey up slope, slopey slope slopes. There's Wonder Boy kind of levels where you get fish jumping up from below and things coming at you from different angles. Mm-hmm. Sunset Riders are already men- mentioned. Because like, on Sunset Riders, I'm couple of the levels you're stuck on a horse and you're moving the horse and this you're moving the cart so you're moving the boats and it's got quite a fluid yeah but sunset riders sucks i've put here how do you score bonus points which are awarded at the end of the level i think i've worked it out i think you get 10k per bomb left and Ah. i think it's also something to do with the amount of lives you've got left as well right cheats are random not cheats chests are random and give you Mostly random. Some of them are always the same. And the, they can give you a thousand points in cash in a big gold a big gold blob or power-ups. Now, all these, unusual for a game, well, I think all these are useful. Mm-hmm. The boxing gloves, you can power that up and then you, you hit one guy and, and he ricochets over the screen. Anybody he hits, you kill them as well. The one I liked about the boxing gloves, when you press the special button... Two massive boxing gloves come down and pound the ground, and everything gets knocked out. I like that a lot. I don't think yeah. I, I don't think I actually played that many games to to play the the special weapon for each one of these. But the boxing glove one was really satisfying. These massive boxing gloves could stand and beat the ground, and everything flies up in air. It's great. Mm. I like I like yeah. I like a boxing glove on a spring. Who doesn't? Yeah, yeah. All the the special. Uh, Bombs or whatever they're all they all they're all different to whatever and useful yeah yeah there's bombs which are very useful you can throw them up and then you can throw them and they roll down hills which they've is not very got a very useful. long trajectory though have they no those ones fire's good shurikens is what I think most people including the people I've watched so they go on out YouTube. forward as well as diagonally upwards so you can get things ahead of you and above you and they're the only things that can shoot below. They can ah. shoot diagonally below. Oh, they shoot down as well. Wow, okay. 
and ice. I think you've got to maybe mix up the fire when you get to the mummies and mix up the ice when you get to somewhere else. There's heat-seeking missiles, which oh, I didn't, didn't get, get to. Them. Did, I didn't get to in normal play. But yeah, I don't. I think there's, they're all very useful power-ups. It's a very fluid, varied graphics, good sound, lots of little comic ele- elements. Very like you like you know his bum catches on fire and <laughs> you get to you get to one level. It's, it's I think it's right at the front, right at the first level, and a little guy opens a door and sees you're there and shuts it again. Yeah, before you get into the aircraft hangar and then you blow the door up and there, yeah, there's lots of I told you just of... enough to blow the bloody doors off it's like he's in the room absolutely I love Roger Moore points it's not a square Charlie it's a piazza <laughs> carry on <laughs> yeah you get yeah, yeah also you get 10,000 bonus points for completing a level which is a hovering chest you have to jump up have you ever tried not getting it? No. Was it if you haven't got it? Does it moan I, at you? I bet you just don't get any points. Oh, right. You don't have not, it. Then. You can't not get it. You just got to jump. You'll jump. Yeah, I, I, a very stylish, well put together, fluid, flowing, varied graphics game, I think. Anyway, mm-hmm. tips and secrets. Keep moving. Someone else has said this. Keep in, on moving. Don't stop. Don't stop. Uh, keep on moving. Don't stop, son. Stay away from the edges of the screen as the yeah. baddies, baddies rush in at breakneck speed from the left and the right. That is annoying Hid- when they get you like that. Hidden chests can sometimes appear after, after you collect a normal chest and then move out of the way. They, I haven't worked it out, but you can make them appear. Say, say you get a power-up, and then underneath that is another one if you go away and then come back of, oh. of some money. And it happens quite often. And, I, and there's one where I've found you get an extra bomb, but I haven't found any extra lives. It's mm. very stingy on lives and, and stuff. Mm. And then, yeah, I was, was going to go through all the levels, but I don't think I'll, I don't think I've written them anything here. But the the thing to watch in the tips and secret, the tens digit, which is a second ah, digit, yes, keeps an eye on how many continues you've had. Capcom so you, styly. So if you've got one hundred twenty-two thousand six hundred and forty. You've yeah. played four continues. Ooh, you cheating gets. Yeah. There's a one CC on YouTube. I think they might have done it on the AES version, but it's, yeah. it's almost exactly the same. It's about twenty. It's twenty-three minutes to get through this game. That's but, quite long for the arcade, isn't it? Yeah, but it'll take you a good maybe forty hours to master it. I think. Wow. Because it should save it automatically, shouldn't it? Because it's on the it's on the yeah. uh, thing. Not moved it, have you, to the bottom or something? No. no? All right, we'll just make it up. Yeah, uh, really good graphics and sound, I think. Good good music, good animation, great tunes, a nice sort of comic element to the whole thing. You know, the, the characters have got a lot of character to them. The characters, characters have got a lot of personality, you know, like, like they could, you know, come and take you out for a beer kind of people. Maybe. Do, you want, do you want to hear my opinion of the graphics and sound? Yeah. I hated it. Did you? Yeah. Why? Right. I'm going to sound like a right grumpy old meanie here. Well, not, well I am, but you know. Uh, the characters were quite tall. They annoyed me, being tall. I don't like tall things in games. 
They are characters. I quite like the explosions. Oh, they're like squad. No, they're quite, the characters are quite, quite big. You know what I mean? And they're really cheesy looking. They're like, they're like eighties kids with their quiffs and their big t-shirts and, and their big smiles. And I just didn't like it. It's a bit, a bit too colorful to me. I do like colorful games, but this one was just a bit too over the top. Like they put too much in. It's like, here's 80s kids. Here's 80s. Have, have a quiff. Have a yellow t-shirt. Have a football. I don't know. Whatever. It was just too over the top. The the baddies all looked very similar. They're just like different t-shirts on and jumpers or whatever. The guys who stabbed you with the, the knives were really annoying. They just come out of nowhere and got you. It annoyed the heck out of me. And... I think the worst thing for me, the absolute worst thing, and I hate this in certain games, is they used a sample when you get hit and when you when you die, and they use the sample all the time. So when you get certain baddies, it makes the same sound as when you die. And the samples really annoyed me. And they overused the samples in it, and they just used the same one over and over and over again. I was like, Oh, please stop making that noise. That's just a noise the heck out of me. It, oh, I didn't notice that. It seemed a well-made game. You know, the movements were good. The explosion were good. There's loads of going on. There's loads of sound. The graphics were well-drawn, but just not to my liking. The sound was a, the sound was really good. The music and the sound were great, but that sample, it just seemed like louder than everything else to me. And it was just over the top. And I was just like, oh, I hate that sample in it. And it, I think there's a sample of... A girl, the girl getting grabbed, the squeaky noise, and the sound of you when you get hit, and some of the baddies are getting hit. It's just the same sample. It's like, for God's sake, it's the same thing over and over again. And when the baddies just come in, they, they come in really quick. When you haven't even got a chance to turn around quick enough, you've sort of got to keep an eye on everything all the time. Mm. And it, it just, it wasn't anywhere near as good as Metal Slug. I was expecting like a Metal Slug game. And it, it tries to be one, it doesn't because the graphics are bigger and they're slightly more loud. I don't know, but it just it didn't quite work out for me, this one. Yeah, not into it. Oh. There was no cabinet art because it was a Neo Geo game. Obviously, uh, it might have had a little mini marquee for a four-play cab or whatever. Mm. Uh, yeah, so it's it's not a lot going on there, really, is there, for the artwork? The flyer's nice. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put the flyer... On the show notes? Uh, yeah, yeah, or on the podcast image i've not done it yet okay. i can put i can put the flyer on that it's nice it's nice it is nice i have got a score to put in here and it goes above mr stacy king or mrs stacy king whoever they may be right let's start at the bottom of the score shall we? we've got quite a few players so at the very bottom is pilbo twenty-two thousand exactly then we have Ah, uh, Canter 77. Ah, uh, Rog. It's Rog, you've been playing. Rog, spoke to him at the weekend. He loves Se- the old uh, Neo Geo. 57,000. Uh, Pgids, 61,000. Got a lot of exact scores here. Mark, what, no gravy? Yeah, there's going to be no tens, did you? Or they've been no. cheating. Ooh. Mark, what, no gravy? 62,700. Mr. Messi, with his pink, fluffy hands, 69,100. And he says, this seems like a decent game, but I find the graphical style off-putting. Yes, that's what I said. It reminds me of a second-rate SNES and Mega Drive games. Yes, exactly that. And that starts me thinking about the decline of the golden age of arcade gaming. Now I feel miserable I need a biscuit. 
Mm, yeah. He always writes good stuff him. Cheeky blighter. Cheeky blighter. Cheeky, you cheeky blighter. Uh, he's 72,100. Zastora, 73,500. Stacey King, 78,200. Only had a chance to play tonight due, in it to, due, in it, due to it being so cold in my little gaming cupboard. Put a little oil-filled radiator and it's turned into a sauna. I am really starting to enjoy it, the sauna. Like Commando, it pays to keep moving up. Or, in this case, left. Yeah, it does keep moving. Yeah. Old Man Steve, 85,600. Oh, before Old Man Steve is me, 79,300. Let me write it down on some paper. It's not a great score. I think I got to the start of level three, something like that. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Uh, Salbug, 89,100. I was expecting to hate this one, but was pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed it. Merry Christmas to you two, and thank you for producing such a great podcast. Thank right, two you. things with yeah, Sal. Yeah. One, Merry Christmas to you two, Sal, thanks for playing. And two, it's obviously a janky game because Sal likes it. Oh, I think it's very polished. Sal, it's loves, a very, Sal loves a janky game. I think it's a very polished game, this. Yeah, janky, really. janky. Tin, tin, brother of bronze, god, daughter of zinc, holy... Pr- uh, lithium. No, lithium, yeah. 89,300. Bloody hell, another month whizzed past again. Played it for the first time yesterday, yesterday evening. Strikes me as Black Tiger in a different skin. Maybe that's why I like it so much. It might be. Small Space Arcade, 90,600. Ian Cullen, 92,300. Not really feeling this one is put. Yeah. Ross Ross, 94,000 dead. Uh, Japing Barber, 95,500. Enjoying this one. Oh, no, it contains bats. The worst creature ever in I, the video I got game. into the bats in this level. I actually quite like They're quite cute bats. They're easy to shoot, so they weren't too bad. They're all right, bats. Magic, 161,300. Getting into the points now, kids. Oh, yes. Mr. 20 to 5, 162,800. Quickest of goes nets me this score for this month. Beaten mainly by time, but I really like the feel of this game, which is an obvious nod to those that came before. But a well-balanced game worth lots with lots of variety. I agree with that, Neil, definitely. James Wise Mids. 168,500. Slight improvement made it to the dragon boss. Reckon I could have got there with more lives. I accidentally picked up bombs just before the snake's boss on level two. Still enjoying it and hopefully find an hour this weekend to play. The boss on level two is very difficult, I think. I I, I sort of spammed the... You have to get there with like at least two lives. I sort of spammed it with the the smart bomb thing. Okay. And then level three boss, which is the snaky dragon, like the Japanese style dragon is easier. And I can do that. Without it's weird, isn't it? I do that sometimes. They make certain yeah. level bosses and they don't get hard. They get easier. Without using the bombs, I can do the third boss, but I never got to the fourth boss in normal play. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Riley. Well done. <laughs> 176,200. Spin Master is a solid run gun in bright, cartoony and fun. If not, I've not given this any time before. Damage is persistent across levels, so play cautiously. I'm going to speak about that in a bit. Like Shinobi, if there's sections where you always get hit, use your special. Yes. I don't like games where you've got to sort of pussyfoot your way through it to do a bit. You know, sort of go a little mm. bit, do a little bit. I just, I just want to go for it. So maybe it's just my skill level's not very good. Uh, Michael Tillander, 
245,900. Found time to play some more and managed to clear stage three. Woo! We actually missed because I still didn't see it in the uh, the, the, the description. The what do you call it? The feedback bit at the top. Adam Flint. Oh, got yeah. 100, 142,000. So I'm going to have to slot that into the score as well, Adam. Okay. Uh, Swamp Donkey, who's turning into a very good player. Mm. He's did put a, a three or four really good scores well, in. Watch them. Swamp Donkey 77. I wonder if that's the number of donkeys he's like got in his swamp. In his swamp, yeah. Or he could have been born in 77. Mm-hmm. We don't know. 254,200, a great score. But fun at times, but frustrating. It's like Joe and Matt Caveman Ninja and Metal Slug had a baby. Never played this long before, probably won't again. <laughs> Uh, you, Mr. Sean, 260,400. I'm trying to hit my pinger. It's on the floor. Where is it? I can't find my well, pinger. Yeah. I'll have a hoot instead. <laughs> you got a floor ping. Uh, that, this teaches me, because up to, to, to last night, I was bragging on Twitter that I was, that I was top. And then, you and know, guess I, what happened? Two come, people beat you. Yeah. One punch run is one of them with nine points at number num- second. 263,600. Kind of reminds me of Wonder Boy and Joe and Matt Cayman Ninja, and he said he was playing on his retro flag. You know that little Game Boy well, thing. Got, yeah, yeah. He said there was no gaps in the flames. He couldn't run through them. It's, I think that runs an older version of Mame. Oh, okay. So he, he got it on his original Xbox, which I think runs coin ops on it. And then, and then he yeah. said the flames were all right, so he get through them. Weird. Oh, okay. And top of the list is Rygar who beat you 272,900 and he says specifically to you Sean Buyakasha yeah we, we was having a sort of to and fro over the week oh, I'll beat you I'll beat you and then he got on it so that is the end of the 2022 scores kids and oh, yeah. we, we have a new award to give because Charlie Farr's not playing and Rygar is the new Charlie Farr because Charlie yes. Farr's a, a Twitch legend now yeah is a Twitch legend we we have to create the first behind Rygar contest now because mm-hmm. he won by so many points last year and he's won again. Yes. So Rygar got 95 points, played all 12 games that we've done this year. Second behind Rygar, I was third. Second behind Rygar was 53 points. So he wins the 10 pence high score league first behind Rygar competition 2022. Guess who it is? I'm looking at it. Oh, yeah. Mr. 20 to 5. Mr. Neil 20 to 5. Well, how can we find a T-shirt that's going to fit wide enough across his chest? He's burly, isn't he? Oh, he's, he's like a barn door, isn't he? A but corrugated, sexy barn door. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We'll, uh, we'll get an extra wide T-shirt for that man. Yeah, I'll, I'll PM him. I think he's medium. I think he's medium. I don't oh, he's know. bigger than medium. He's, he's extra wide. He's 16'9", that lad. Widescreen, Mr. 20 to 5. So we got 53. I'm back in third with 44. Then Manny the He is Jimmy Zestora, James Boys Louis Wellham. Oh, Louis Wellham's not played for a while. How come Mr. Berserker got more points than me and he played four games? I played 10. Because he, he got a few high scores. Because I'm, I'm rubbish. That's why. You're actually 11th. You're normally like 30th. So oh, you good. did all right. Fair enough. Uh, the port so of well secrets this game, as you said earlier, it came out on the Neo Geo AES home version of the MVS, different cartridges. It also came out on Wii Virtual Console. Mm. So you can play it on the Wii as well. Yeah. And you reckon 
if you had extra lives, a bit more extra lives would be better, extra bombs, and replenish your energy bar when starting a new level, you stingy bummers. Yeah, you don't get any more energy when you start a new level, which is a bit tight, isn't it? Yeah, you don't get any extra lives. Your that bombs is tight, are, isn't it? Your bombs are the same. When you die, you get two bombs back. And uh, Okay, but no extra lives. That's what you want, isn't it? The life bit. I, I just wonder if they're, they're hidden. You know, like I found a hidden bomb. I wonder if they're hidden somewhere, but I don't see any in, in the playthroughs that I see. Hmm. Right, annoy or enjoy? What do you reckon, Mr. Marland? Annoy, because of the sounds. No. Yeah, definitely. Because of the, the oh. sounds just wind me up. I can't... I don't really do well on games without, you know, without any sound, turning the sound off. But I just couldn't get into it. I played a few games and it just seemed quite formulaic. You sort of run along, wait, run along, wait, shoot, shoot, wait, wait, wait for that bit. And I know you said a lot of the weapons do different things, but at short range, they didn't do a lot of difference for me. But I think the shurikens were the best weapon to get. Mm. But I did, I did like the daft... Some of the daft things in it were quite fun, mm. but a little, a little bit cheesy. But you know, it was like the early nineties when when the game came out. Ninety three, ninety three. Yeah, it was a sort of era for that kind of thing. And, and one of the the listeners did say it reminds them of a cheap SNES or a Mega Drive game. Exactly that. Similar hardware as well. I think it's a very polished looking, very yeah, well but sure, animated. You can't polish a turd because no, if you do, I... you get covered in poo. I think this is a really and good smelly. game. I think it's very good. Annoy. I've infected you with my annoyance. I mean, enjoy. To me, this is a, a rock-solid fight and go rogue. Plenty of humour. Great varied graphics and sound. Fluid gameplay. Mm. It would be a bit short, actually, if you bought this on an AE, AE, AES cart for 150 quid back in the 90s. There more um, than that. There were hundreds. But it would have taken a long time to beat it, I think. The, these, I think the AES games were like three to 500 quid back in the day. Were they? God? Yeah, really expensive. And some of them, for collectors now, were over a grand. They're wow. really expensive. But the thing is, it's exactly the same code as the MVS, as far as I know, just in a different mm-hmm. cartridge. Oof. You can there get converters some- as well. You can get converters to convert the cheaper MVS cards to play on the AES home system. There is some very slight differences. Is there's that? A, there's a thread on... I can't Who's remember Fred? What, uh, Fred has got a list. You know of, what Fred's like with his lists. <laughs> and there, there, is, there isn't in this game, but on some of them, like, no, there's, there's a different two-player and there's different... Oh, okay. bonuses. I didn't know that. Very slight differences in some of the games. Should, yeah. I, do my, should I do my American not knowing something? Go on. Huh. I did not know that. <laughs> Put some reverb on that. They all do it. Uh, all we have to do now, before we do the bump at the end, is uh, pick the next game. And it's my shot at this. Next show's game. You're not going to believe it, Sean. It's a game I previously absolutely hated and now quite like. It's the 10 pence effect. Well, it will be. The game is Mario Brothers. Developer is obviously Nintendo. The ROM is just called Mario. The lives three difficulty easy and extra lives twenty k only. Right. It's a bumping tortoise, bumping crab, bumping firefly, avoid fire platforming game. 
just one level in it, and you just wrap around screen. I've never played this. Yep. Not much. I played this at Blackpool Play Event recently on a wide body cab. I played it with uh, Sol and Charlie Far, mm-hmm. and Charlie Far told me a little bit how to play the game, and now I quite like it. And I've been playing it on the Famicom. The Famicom version is really good. It's almost the same game. Oh. Uh, yeah, quite enjoy this one. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys it. It's a little bit slidey. Get used to it. You can quite easily. And when you've got a good score, uh, submit your score. Arcade ROMs only, please. No scores from console or computer compilations or Famicom. Play it, but don't send the scores in, as they will be different. Uh, you can send it to the Twitter hashtag, uh, hashtag 10 score. 10p SCORE. Uh, you can sidekick app if you've got that on your phone, uh, the 10 pence club section. You can email to the site, which is vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can put it on Facebook as a comment on the podcast post or go on UK back. The deadline for score submissions is 5 pm on the 2nd of the 1st, 2023. So it'll be our first game of the new year. So we'll be on a new high score league table. Yes, indeed. So all I've got to say now is thanks for listening. And it is only 5th of December, but may all your Christmases be jolly and holly. Ah, Sean Holly. Happy Christmas for 20 days time or whatever event you you commemorate. And I hope you have a really nice holiday. The, re- the reason for my name is I-, I wasn't born. I just appeared under a holly bush. I just appeared, magically appeared as a six years old. And I was like all green and leafy. <laughs> There's a I'm holly sure. bush just up the road from me, actually. And yeah. do you know what's underneath that? Go on. Dog mess. Is it? Oh, no, not under mine. Mine was pristine, little angels. And a stork, my mum said, a stork came across. Oh, shut up. Yeah, I think you should. Say Thanks, goodbye, kids. Sean. Goodbye, Sean. Thanks, kids. Bye. Bye. And here is the chat Sean had at the Arcade Archive event. Next, we have the walk around I did with Alex at the Arcade Archive soft launch meet, which was just the UK backers. So, here we go, kids. Right, Mr. Oh, Nintendo right. Arcade, now Mr. Arcade Archive Alex, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you very much, Sean. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I've turned up at this place in Chalford, in Stroud, near Stroud, and it's your new project, project which is called Arcade Archive. What the hell is it? It's a museum dedicated to the classic arcade video games of the past. <laughs> so, you've got a load of people a load of people from the community yeah. and your own cabs, and you've built like a, you're going to do, will you explain what you're going to do with the time? kind of thing well it's, it's it's the history of video games so we're starting in this uh, entrance room here or my YouTube studio with the very first successful video game which is Atari's Pong um, and we've got an electro-mechanical game here as well called Gunfight that looks cool that. which was the inspiration for Midway's Gunfight which was the first game to have a microprocessor it's a long way off working at the moment. Yeah, we've got a lot of work to do with a lot of these cabs. They all need a lot of restoration. So, yeah. But this this basically tells a story because a lot of people back then didn't really know what video games were going to be like. Yeah, this is 1969, you know I mean? so isn't it? But this, that's the year I was born. Yeah, so they were taking ideas from EM games to create video games. Mm, and this yeah. is a great example, and it's a Sega EM as well. Yeah. Which kind of, you know, goes in with everything else we're trying to do. Sega were huge in the arcade, so it made sense to get a Sega EM game. 
in the museum. Yeah. And then we've got uh, an Atari Sprint, Sprint 2, which is the first racing game to have artificial intelligence on the racing Is it? Track. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So before that came Grand Track uh, 10, 20, 20 yeah. which all TTL logic as far as I'm aware and this is the first game that had a microprocessor <clears throat> so it allowed the developers to have a, a car on the track that had its own intelligence so you could play on your own with it yeah not just that's against, clever yeah. yeah you've also got Jet Fighter we've got a Jet Fighter and we've got a lovely Alka Bomber which is a bootleg um, game of Scramble and Alka were that's huge cool, in the UK and I'm trying to represent the British arcade scene with Alka and Century Electronics and Electrocoin as well. You know, oh, cool. people, people forget that, that the British arcade scene was quite prominent as well at the time. And we need to represent that, which is what we're trying to do. So yeah, this room here, a lot of these games in this room are restoration projects that hopefully we're going to get to down the line, you know. Yeah, so if we're, we're moving now, so we're moving, moving to the, the, the arcade, arcade main. So we've got a nice arcade door here. Richard yeah, that's York. brilliant. That it's got yeah. it's got a screen in the door. Yeah, it's not playing the track mode, is it? It's just it's playing like the logo. Yeah, yeah just a video of, of um, various screenshots and work that's been going on in the museum, that kind of thing. And I've mounted it in a bezel of Invaders Revenge. Um, which was a kit for Taito Space Invaders. I don't know if you've played that, Sean, have you? Taito? No. No? No, not Space Invaders? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's quite good, it's quite good. No, Invaders Revenge. You oh, is that the one they split into two? I think so, yeah, a little bit yeah. nice. Do you know what, I haven't played much of it myself, but it's a, a bezel that I had flying around at home. Yeah. I just thought we'd make use of it in here. The, the logo, Alex, where it, that looks to me like a bit like an asteroid ship, yeah, well, and then modified for the, the for the arcade archive. Yeah, and then oh, there's a ship there. Actually, Neil did the logo for us, and I think it's fabulous, don't you? Simple. Yeah, it's really good. It's memorable, which which yeah. you need. You need that. exactly yeah. as well. Yeah, like me. Are you subtle? So, so I'm memorable. I thought you were a loud mouth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're moving to here. We've so got, look um, at this beauty. We've got a lovely um, uh, Midway Seawolf, which I haven't seen for 40 years. And it was great to get this in here. This is another loan cabinet. Yeah. So a lot of the community have loaned machines to the museum, which is great. So it's a real community feel here. And this is a fabulous machine. It's got a periscope. It's got five mirrors in here. Is it? Yeah. Oh dear. With, I played with, with it when I was... half mirror as well. I played it, like you say, I must have been six or seven. I remember yeah. playing it. You remember playing it? Do you yeah. remember the steps? It's got a little step down here. No, I don't... would step up onto yeah. and they'd hang off the periscope, wouldn't they? And this is another one that's inspired by an old EM game, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, I think that was Namco bought out original. Sega bought out Periscope, didn't they? A long, quite a long time ago. So the idea again is from EM yeah, yeah. to video games, and this is all black lit. It's got the UV light in there. It's got the half mirror, the Pepper's Ghost effect. Just a beautiful cabinet. Always lovely artwork under a UV light. Looks absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, I love it. I think it's amazing. Each one of these caps, you've got like a, a little, uh, little LCD screen with yeah. a bit, with a bit of information about each game. Like this one, for instance, uh, Sea Wolf players must shoot torpedoes. Midway sold 10,000 units, etc. 977. Yeah. It's one of the first video games to track high scores. I didn't know that. Yes, that's right. And it's oh, even got a reset button. Yeah. Now, why would you do that? Because yeah. <laughs> I don't think it resets, does it? You, you've got to press it to, to start it at zero again. Oh, 
what you're eating. Like, just, I just don't find, see the logic in that button. I yeah. just don't get it. But we're trying things out. Yeah, you've got to reset it. The score resets. Yeah. And then you can start again, otherwise yeah. you carry on. Oh, I see. The, the, yeah. the, I've seen that on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah. yeah, obviously this is not up and running yet, so it's been a long time since I've played this game. Yeah. And then we've got a Midway's Blue Shark. I don't even know what this is. is it so this again, it's got the, the Pepper's Ghost effect, the half mirror in there. It's got a nice plastic mould uh, at the back of the cabinet, which depicts a kind of underwater scene under a UV light. All right. So again, like Space Invaders, where the graphics are, are um, displayed on the moon, that half moon, the graphics here are displayed in an underwater scene. So it looks like you're playing underwater. Right, yeah, I'm you know. not familiar with that at all. Lovely artwork, beautiful cabinet. I'm, I'm really chuffed to pick this up because for me this is kind of seaside arcade. Is you it know, when the Jaws phenomenon? Not, yeah, yeah, what exactly. What year is that? The 70s summer, isn't it? So this is 78, Jaws came out in 77. Right, that's there what it is. It? And shark Jaws. and that one. Killer Shark. There's one that's in, the, the cab looks like some Jaws, doesn't it? Oh, that's Man Eater. Ah, that's, that's, that looks cool. The, the, the game that was in Jaws was Killer Shark, and that was an EM game. Right. I believe. I think so. Then we've got GB, Namco's GB, which is in a Sega cabinet, because Sega distributed a lot of games back in the 70s. Yeah. Um, but it is a Namco game. It is Namco's first ever game. And it's by the designer that designed the famous Pac-Man game. So this was the first game he yeah, worked on. Breakout. Yeah, Yeah, because he wanted to do a pinball. That was a story, wasn't it? That's right. He wanted to, so yeah. this is kind of like pinball breakout. Pinball breakout, and yeah. there's two sequels to this. It's, yeah. a, it's a good game. Unfortunately, not working at the moment. I tried to adjust the monitor and I think I um, over-adjusted. Blew it up, basically. Did you try to <laughs> try some jam on it? From the connectors, a bit of jam. I did try. Well, no, I like Marmite, so I tried the Marmite. Oh, that's where you made the mistake, right? Didn't agree. Marmite's not good. This is lovely Space Invaders oh, Taito. Oh, beautiful Space Invaders. Japanese Taito version, which is the one I remember back in the day, and it's got the most beautiful, iconic artwork. It has, isn't it? And it's, From, it's a braze kit in it, isn't it? It's got the braze kit in it. So it's, it's playing Lunar Rescue, which Lunar is one Rescue. of my favourite games ever, that. Yeah. I think this game for me started the classic era of arcade games. Mm. You know, you have the Bronze Age era, uh, very simple gameplay, but this has a high score that stays on the screen. So this was, they've taken the idea from pinball, put it into here, and for the first time you've got a game that's very competitive because you've got that high score to go for. Yeah, yeah. You know. So brilliant game, changed everything for me as a kid. Yeah, I think he did a lot of a lot of people in the UK. Like, what, what's your fine, first memories? I think we did a bit on the podcast. Podcast, so, yeah. Space Invaders for me it as well. It was a swimming bath, so I remember yeah. queuing up around the block to play Space Invaders yeah. back in the day. It still plays well. It, it still really plays, it still feels good. Yeah, and, and the sound effects for me just dominate the arcade. Yeah. You can hear Space Invaders over everything else, I love it. Yeah, my message, then, my message tone is about the mothership getting killed. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got Nintendo Sheriff. Sheriff. Um, got a box from Museum. Extremely rare cabinet. I think there's only three known of these in the world. The Sega ones. Um, is it Sega? No, it's the Nintendo. Oh, Nintendo sorry, yeah. There's a, a lovely dedicated Nintendo Sheriff. Um, fantastic game. Miyamoto did all the artwork for this game. You can see his work. He's got lovely silhouette 
horses and uh, Cowboy Jack and Betty kissing and the hearts flying up. It's, it screams Miyamoto. Yeah, it, it is really nice. does. It's beautiful. Before he sort it's of went on to. The first game read with a damsel in distress. People think of Donkey Kong, but actually this oh, yeah. predates Donkey Kong. So. 79, yeah. Yeah. These screens are really good with the information on. They're brilliant, aren't they? We've got Listen Command, but that's down at the moment. That's got an issue with the board. We've got my favourite game in here, Defender. Defender. Um, always, always a favourite. And then we've got um, Stern Berserk, yeah. Stern. I do like Stern games. And that's um, got the kit in as well, hasn't it? So you can play. Kit in. You can play slow bullets, fast bullets, and frenzy. Yeah, I like all of them actually. I do. I do. And I love the shape of the cabinet as well. It hasn't got the original bat stick in there, but it's got a wicko stick. I think they just played yeah. just as well. Yeah, but yeah, I like that. And then we've got Asteroids Deluxe, which was beautiful. It used to be owned by the manager of Led Zeppelin, Peter Grant. All oh, right. He yeah. bought it for a birthday present for his son, Warren Grant. And I found it in a reclamation yard in Frome, complete, but the monitor was hanging down and I had to break into it and then we cut a deal and I managed to get it home. But, and I messaged Warren Grant just to make sure, get confirmation that he actually did sell it to the reclamation yard. He, he said, yeah, my dad bought it for, for a birthday present for me back in 81 or 82 or whenever it was. It's never been in an arcade, it's only had home use. Yeah, I, just, I, just look, I love the way. Yeah, so well, you can imagine the people that played on that. Yeah, not many. All those rock stars. <laughs> oh yeah, it could be. Yeah, I didn't think of that. It's we, just got a great look at it. Isn't it? Like, oh, I love like, it. The floating rocks. Yeah, yeah it. it's the most beautiful machine. Yeah, I mean, great. I like asteroids, but you can't beat that display, can you? No, it's amazing. It is. Yeah. Great. You haven't beaten my score yet, mate. Some of them. God, that is good. <laughs> I think 48-ish, 48-ish is my highest. Yeah. Uh, 51,000. I did it on MAME with an Xbox stick. Oh, that's cheating. I know, I know. <laughs> and then we got Tempest, which is down, unfortunately. Typical Tempest. Probably one of the hardest games to keep going. Yeah. It's got that colour vector monitor. And you've got Cuba with the Cuba. original sweary marquee. Love it. Brilliant cabinet. Um, it's got the knocker in there as well. Just a fabulous game. Yeah, My godly, you know, you make pinball machines. <laughs> yeah. We've got Battle Zone and we've got the Red Zone kit in there so people can play uh, Red Zone 2, Battle Zone 2. Um, but I find it a little bit too easy. Yeah, the, I played it at Nerg, this screen, like, sort of the, the landscape kind of tilts. Yeah, I don't it? mind that, it's very atmospheric, but the game is just too easy. It's yeah, a complete yeah. contrast from the original game. Fast bullets and stuff, don't you? Yeah, that? we get missiles, guided missiles, oh. all of that kind of stuff, which is great. But nothing shoots back at you. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? Um, Gauntlet 2, beautiful cabinet. This is another cabinet that's been loaned to the museum. So we're going into 86 now around this corner. Yeah, we've had a yeah. bit of a jump because some yeah. cabs obviously don't get any have a certain spot in the museum that yeah, they that's work. In the corner, so, yeah. you know, the timeline jumps yeah. a little bit yeah. just because of the situation. This cabinet is a huge cabinet, it only fits in this corner. But what a cabinet. Look at the artwork. For someone that was into Dungeons and Dragons back in the day, yeah. this was the game that you had to play. All your yeah. mates was around this huge control panel that um, has four players. You've got the wizard, you've got the Valkyrie, elf, 
in the warrior and you could choose a character it's the first sort of RPG elements to it, you know. Yeah, you know. yeah I didn't think of that. Well, yeah. You don't think of that as a kid when you play it, I didn't. No, you I didn't. didn't. But it does, really. It's a lovely Star Wars, it's good condition, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And do you know the story behind the yolk? Uh, something to do with eggs. No, no. no I don't know then. No. Oh, it's, oh yeah, go on. So, so the yolk, yeah. So this was. Um, oh, yeah. So these little the Bradley trainer info signs are really yeah. cool. So the the, the the yoke, the controls on Star Wars were actually built for the military for their tank training simulator, the Bradley trainer, which emulated the, the M6 tank, which I think at the time was the most tank. And this was the control mechanism, and they just carry on using it for for the arcades. That's brilliant. It's in Return of the Jedi and a couple of others, isn't it? Yeah, and then we've got Skyskipper, which oh. most people know me for, um, resurrecting yeah. this from, from obscurity because it was uh, an unreleased game by Nintendo. Mm. I found the board, got them um, reverse engineered, and we got the artwork from Nintendo. My partner Whitney involved me in the project. Got invited into NOA and scanned the original artwork and recreated the cabinet from the the only remaining one left in the world, which was in the vaults at NOA. This is running original hardware, so people can come down here, get a world record on here for the first time if they want to. Mm. And it, it inspired, I think, the Switch version. Yes, Sky, did, Sky yeah. Skippers on the Switch, That's and that, that wouldn't have happened without no, this. It wouldn't have done. I don't think. No, no. So. It's the only place in the world you can get to play Skyskipper is at the Arcade Archive, which is awesome. Get here, kids. Get here, kids. And we've got Ghosts and Goblins. We've got a dedicated Ghosts and Goblins. Beautiful cabinet. Um, it's one of those games... It's a memory game, isn't it, at the end of the day? But it's, yeah. it's really fun. People, you know, people say it's hard, but people love it all the same, don't they? It's yeah, Ghosts and Ghosts is similar. It's, it's, I prefer Calls and Ghosts because it plays better, yeah. but it's still rock hard. The, both, yeah. both of the games are rock, rock hard. hard. Yeah. But again, the more time you put into it, the further you get. Yeah. We've got my, one of my favourites, Robotron. Robot Ron. Yeah. We've got uh, Bunny Midway's Burger Time, iconic cabinet. Yeah, it's got the, the chef's hat makes the top of the cap, doesn't it? Yeah. It's very clever. Yeah. It's a great game. Yeah. Once you get to work... No, not so keen, not so keen. keen. No. It's a little it's like Donkey Kong. Once you get the mechanics of it and you start looping around... It's not as good as Mr. Wimpy on the Commodore 64. Uh, well, the Spectrum version's even better. <laughs> <laughs> And then we've got Another one of your favourites. This really, yeah, like, this where, did, where did we go? So one, of the, one of the revivals, and everyone was playing this. Yeah, we loved it, don't we? It's a yeah. Stern's Rescue by Chris Oberth, came out in 1982. This is a prototype rescue arcade machine. You can still see the text here that's just been typed up on a piece of paper. On the control under panel. The, the perspex. Yeah. But yeah, and he even got the button in the wrong place. So it was a game, it was a, a cabinet that he tested the game on before it went out. Uh, on location, um, but brilliant game, twin stick shooter, and you can see the bullets on the original board are bigger than in than main. In main. Yeah. People were struggling, you were struggling with that, yeah. ages, weren't you? Yeah. It's too hard, I can't see the bullets, but you can clearly see them yeah, on this machine. Makes it a much better you know, game, doesn't it? Much better game. game. It's a perfect game of risk reward, I love it. 
Really, really cool. Moving on, a lovely gyrus here. Centauri gyrus. Um, these are strange, these cabs. But they, they actually work, don't they? Yeah. You put your fingers under the screen almost. Yeah, sort of like a cantilevered screen over the control panel. And you've got this lovely Monroe arcade stick, which is great for doing these big loops around the yeah, screen. Yeah, which is, I don't know how it works. Oh, is it, it pivots, doesn't it? On a, yeah. yeah, on a centre kind yeah. of thing, yeah. Very good. It's the best way to play gyrus, isn't it? You've got a classic, you've got a Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Yeah, beautiful cabinet. You've got a track and field. Centauri track and field. That's another one. That's no, not, no. Love this game, really got into this recently, but still haven't got the knack of it, bashing those buttons. Who's got 902 there? It's yeah. like, well, record. He's done well. It's uh, Neil, he's got his name up there. Right. And then we've got uh, Atari's Gravatar. This was Hi, yeah. loaned to us. Harry Bolt. Um, Tony Temple. Hi guys, how you doing? It's Harry Bolt there. <laughs> <laughs> he can Honestly, be, this is the first time I've ever played He Gravatar. plays a bit of piano actually, <laughs> does, yeah. apparently. And loads arcade cabs. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is the first time I've played Gravatar and I'm really impressed. Yeah. It's like a mix between Lunar Lander and uh, like a bit of Major Havoc and something else. I don't know. in it because the gravity you can be going into a cavern and the gravity on one side of the wall pull you this way and the gravity below you would pull in the other way. This and might be on my list now. It's amazing. Yeah. There's some really good but there was something called Gravity Rush or Gravity Crash on the PS3 that I loved yeah. Yeah. which took a lot from this. Yeah. And thrust obviously on Commodore 64 which was a, a version of this really. Yeah it's it's just those better colour models just look beautiful don't they? Yeah. You know the, the landscape goes invisible if you get so far. The landscape's invisible. Really? Yeah. We don't need that. There's only one person I know that can play that. Mr. Charlie Farr. Charlie Farr. Yeah. Right. Oh, and then we've got um, we've got a lovely German Frogger here. Um, German, right? Yeah. This is the Frogger. first time I've actually played it. It's normally in storage. It's a yeah. lovely machine. Cute. It's the smallest cabinet in the arcade. Yeah, a little cute it's little cabinet, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. We've got two jammer caps here. Um, so the plan is to have some 90s games in here. And that's a Lord's Vale, is it? It's a Lord's Vale. Yeah. But at the moment we've got Gemini Wing in here and we've got your game of the month for the podcast, which is Spin Master. Spin Master, very good game, yeah. I think. Very good game. Bubble 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 Custom artwork. Custom kit. Who's done awesome. that? It looks really good. It does look good, doesn't it? That is Holly Money Music. Then we've got a weird cabinet here. So this is a Williams Moon Patrol cabinet. Yeah. A very rare official conversion kit for Silkworm, which is a great game. Two Played great it on two a, player game. Amiga, I think. I think I got yeah, into it on the Amiga. Most people remember it on the Amiga. Yeah. I've never played it before. I think it, it plays really well on here. You've got these really tall sticks with little buttons on top. Oh, yeah, it's clever. It looks good. It looks good. One of these, the Jeep, the other person's a helicopter. You just play through the levels you know, together. It's, it's, it's great. We're hoping to get the paintwork off here because you can see the Moon Patrol artwork underneath. Oh, yeah, then you can convert it to Moon Patrol. <laughs> You'd like that, wouldn't you? Uh, there we'll we go. The option, and then we've got an outrun. Yeah. Oh, right, outrun. Um, uh, Super Hang On, which I fairly recently restored. That's a lovely looking car. Yeah. 
It's normally they're all yellowed. Yeah, it's all plastic. And all that I prefer Super Hang On to Original Hang yeah. because of the booster. Yeah. But I've never finished either of them. No. They get really, you've got to be perfect, I think, yeah. to do it. Uh, and then we've got an Operation Wolf. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So, so it, we've, we've come as UK VAC people. When is when would you say it's going to be open to the general public? We are hoping to open in December, first week in December, to the public. Once the website's up and running, and people go there buy tickets and put themselves in, probably in a, a morning session and an afternoon session, and they can go to the cave. See Neil's set up there because he's got the computer museum upstairs. So you, maybe you could do the morning in, in his computer museum and then come down to the arcade in the afternoon. So you make a whole day of it. That's you, brilliant. You can, you can revisit the whole journey of video games, starting in the arcade, you know, where it all started, and then continuing up into uh, consoles, computers, which is what most of us did back then, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, towards the end of the 80s, everyone started playing games at home. You know. Yeah, that was it, and then a bit of a revival with Street Fighter. So you're going to get a Street Fighter, did you say? We've got a we've got maybe a Pac-Man, I think. Yeah, two, two we're missing. We've got yeah. a Street Fighter board, which we can put in the jammer cab. We've got six buttons, we can run that in there. And yeah, I'll probably get a Pac-Man. Yeah, that's it seems quite, quite tricky to get now, are they? It is, yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. And you're going you're gonna to run like... Kind of cut like courses or tuition or something. Yeah, we're going to do tech meets here. We're going to do work, some yeah. talks here yeah. as well. Have guests here, do speeches and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. so many ideas. Um, yeah. down the road and, and future UK bank meets and you know it's going to be open to the public so people can get the public involved in the hobby as well. Yeah, it's so just, it is there's excellent. So much, there's so much. Uh, what you can do with this space. You can tell a lot of love's gone into it, obviously from the videos. Arcade Archive on YouTube and Arcade Archive Twitter, or oh, one word, yeah. Instagram. Instagram as well. Facebook. Facebook. We're everywhere. <laughs> you got to be, haven't you, now? You have. Yeah, it's really interesting following the story on YouTube. I've been following it, how it come from like a real derelict room to this. Yes. Like all neon lit. Yeah. Right, logos, two and a half months. That's, that's quick, that. Yeah. Quick. Well, we've had a lot of help from the community, and I've got to say a huge thank you to the community because they've been amazing helping us out. And, you know, this is the whole point is. is on it to be a place where it feels like it's your museum, a community place where people can come and meet, um, you know, and get involved. Yeah, really well. Thank you for inviting me down, mate. Yeah. And I'm going to play some more games. Yeah, what are you going to play? Probably 1942 again. I've got 600,000 on it, so I'm right rusty, but I think I can get a million. So, you finished the game, haven't you? Yeah. And what's your normal score when you, when you finish when I get the game? Back, because I've been playing 1943, it's thrown me off. It's really thrown me off. I couldn't get into 1943. No, I couldn't. I don't like the power-up thing. No. I put loads of swears in the... It's in a lot harder. It's yeah. definitely a lot yeah. harder. But I think you get 10 million on 1942 when you finish it, which is bizarre. Yeah. So you get to 1.7 million, people get 1.7, and then you finish with 11.7 because it gives you 10 million when you finish oh, it. Right, okay. But it's yeah. a brilliant, it is, it is brilliant game. the best of the, the 19... 40s range, there is a few of them. All of them are good, I think, apart from 43. <laughs> um, I always go back to 1942, I just think it's the best, you know. But yeah, and, and, you know, we can change these games out. 
We've got loads of new PCBs we can put in the jammer. Yeah, you can so said you can swap them monthly, swap can't you? The, the jammer. Well, we want to do your challenge down here, so hopefully we'll have one of your games from the 10 pence uh, high score challenge running in the cabinet, so people can come down here and get high scores on the oh, cabinet. Oh, yeah, here. brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Right, thank you very much, sir. Cheers, Sean. Uh, yeah, what? What? <laughs> Something you could go all weird. <laughs> I didn't know what you said, I just went, what? <laughs> Cheers, thanks. Yeah.